Hey there, guys and gals. It is Glenn. Uh, just wanted to drop a little note here before we get episode 140 started. Got a couple changes for the week, uh, last-minute changes. First off, the SOCOM confrontation interview that we did with Mr. Mark Rogers, uh, we've decided to move that back to next week. Reason being is Mark is going to join us when we record on Monday night next week to uh, actually re-answer a couple of the questions. And he's actually gotten permission from PR to go a little more in-depth on a couple of the questions that we asked. So you got to wait roughly four or five more days, but I think it's going to be worth it. We actually got a lot of good info out of him already, but uh, we're going to get some more. So uh, we're going to hold off for a couple of days. It was really Mark and I, uh, Saver Cade, it was our decision really to, to hold off until next week uh, so we could get the additional info. So don't blame those guys. It was, it was our decision. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we got as much info for you guys as possible. Uh, and everybody over in SoCom.com, you know, I, I posted it and most people are very, very nice about it so far. So I thank you very much for, for being, uh, responsive to it and also just being so nice about it. Um, also like, so this week you're going to hear the interview with Stuart Gilray from Just at Water for Gravity Crash. Uh, you're also going to hear a spot that was, that Mark recorded with Roy from Codawari.org. Uh, on the Fallout 3 DLC. So that was for next week. We're going to move that Fallout 3 stuff to this week to fill some time. And then next week, we're actually recording on the 23rd, and the show is going to be out on Tuesday the 24th. I actually said a couple, like Tuesday and Wednesday during the show this week. Uh, hey, I was drinking. So it's definitively, it's going to be out the night of the 24th, and that will have the SOCOM confrontation interview on it. I don't have a specific time, because basically I get home from work, and I have to edit, and it's just done when it's done. So keep your eyes on Twitter, keep your eyes on our feed, uh, everything else, and you'll see it there. But uh, hopefully you'll enjoy the show this week. I, we had a lot of reviews, and I think we had actually quite a bit of energy this week for some odd reason. So uh, sit back, relax, grab a beer, grab, grab a schlitz, grab some scotch, uh, and our apologies for the delay on the SOCOM confrontation interview, but I think it's all going to be worth it in the end. <laughs> Shit, it's episode 140 of the PS Nation podcast. I'm Glenn. That's Mark. How's it going, man? Sup. Sup. Uh, a lot of content tonight. We're actually not even going to do emails or voicemails this week, guys. We have so much stuff. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, a couple of new releases. Uh, Military Madness contest that we're running. A bunch of news. What we've played. A follow up with our buddy Stuart Gilray from Just Add Water uh, for Gravity Crash. A gaming headset showdown from uh, from uh, uh, Extra Life. Oh my god, my brain is jello tonight. A uh, really quick <laughs> review of Modern Warfare 2 because I think everybody's read as much as they can about that game by now. A uh, review of the God of War collection. Review of Trine and a review of Little Big Planet PSP. So yeah, a lot of stuff tonight, guys. Well, let's just get through the regular stuff first. Uh, I, I, I did it. I, I actually did not re-up our old Skype voicemail number, so uh, we have a new voicemail line, and our business cards are all screwed up now. Oh, well. Huh. <laughs> so we'll least, be giving them away with extra life prizes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be shipping like 10 at a time. Uh, yeah. So if you want to leave us some voicemails a couple different ways, you can actually call us on our new voicemail line, which is 715-502-9773. I really need to change that on the website. Or if you have Skype, you can actually just connect up with WDT-Torgo and leave us a voicemail. 
Don't forget to look for our forums over on VGEVO.com. A lot of fun stuff happening over there. And, hey, mm-hmm. one of the best communities out there. We proved it because we were the top earners in Extra Life besides Sarcastic yes. Gamer. That's right. And uh, we did the raffle drawing this past oh Saturday. So hit up our site at PSNation.org if you want to see if you're a winner or not. Yeah. Uh, I need addresses from you. So I can you'll you'll get everything. I, I, I and I told everybody on on the thing. I will email you. We're going to do this in waves because uh, I'm actually shipping out the Warhawk copies tomorrow and a couple of the other older prizes tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. So, All the live show stuff will finally yeah, be sent out. Yeah, Thank you for your patience. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Everybody's like, "Oh, did you send the shirts out yet?" No, we didn't send the shirts out yet. Um, I've got a whole spreadsheet for it all, and I will. I have email addresses for everyone. So anybody that won the raffle. I will get your information as soon as possible. I am away for the entire weekend, though, for a LAN party, so it's going to be a little slow because I have to edit the show and et cetera, et cetera. So I only have so much time. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I will get Mark everything for him to shit the stuff out, and we'll, we'll get it taken care of, guys. I swear to God, it'll, it'll, it'll get done. Just Did you say shit time. the stuff out? No, I said ship. Okay. <laughs> or I can shit it out if you want. I, <laughs> I'm a big no, guy. thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so you know what I learned today? What, uh, you know what I learned today? <laughs> What's that? That malorganite is made from poop. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's malorganite? It's like that fertilizer stuff that I, I guess they make it here, and it's one of the few places that makes it or something. Well, like nine times know. out of ten, fertilizers made out of poop. Yeah, but it's like the, I think it's that pebbly, like greenish gray stuff you see sometimes it's like not standard fertilizer it's different somehow sure it was lunchtime conversation at work what do i know wow uh geez we talked about modern warfare 2 at lunch today (laughs) all right so uh yeah definitely check out our website psnation.org uh mark put up a very well written uh review on dragon age origins and i'll start putting stuff up next week My God, I've been busy. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. If, you, uh, if you're if you over on Facebook, join the group. It's PS Nation Podcast. Twitter, you can just look for PS3 Nation, or the Twitter feed itself is uh, twitter.com slash PS3 Nation. And don't forget, most importantly, furiousgamer.com. You can go out there. It's a video game podcast radio network. It's really kick-ass. Like 12 or 14 shows over, over on there right now. Uh, but if you have an iPod Touch or an iPhone... For 99 cents, you can go to the App Store, grab the app, and you can actually listen to all these streamed podcasts on your on your device. Uh, and it works on mm-hmm. Edge, 3G, over, over LAN, everything. Uh, very kick-ass. And actually, because of those guys, or because of Furious Gamer, uh, I hooked up with uh, the Post Game Report, which is another show over, I think they're on, on the GamerCast Network. Uh, and they asked me to join them last Friday for a humongous two-part uh, Modern Warfare 2 Roundup Roundtable, and uh, join those guys for about an hour. Uh, so it's in two parts right now, and you have to download both because they kind of edited things together a little weird. But uh, my thanks to JVB and uh, and and Sugar Bear. It's actually sugar free, but I like calling them Sugar Bear. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks to those guys for having me on. And uh, actually, I, I sold you out, Mark, because they were talking about maybe talking Demon Souls or something like that later on. So I sold you out. All right. So crap! I gotta finish it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, so yeah, uh, thanks to to those guys, and uh, definitely look them up. Post game report. Uh, you can find them on Furious Gamer as well. So um, I think that's about it. So we can get into the uh, new releases, the two new releases, if they're actually right. I think they are. You didn't double check. I didn't have time. I got home yeah, and I set either. up right away tonight for the interview. 
Yeah, yeah. I think they're right. right. What do we got here? Uh, James Cameron's Avatar, the game for PS3 and PSP. Now, does that game start out with James Cameron? (laughs) What's that? Not to be confused with Nickelodeon's M. Night Shyamalan presents Avatar, the last airbender. So does does this game start off with a 25 minute speech by James Cameron in front of a a white screen where he doesn't even show you a picture of the game? Where he describes his tall blue Ewoks fighting the Empire. (laughs) For those those of you that don't know what we're talking about, the... uh, our first just go look up the Ubisoft press oh my conference God. from E3. The, our very first <laughs> press conference at an E3 ever, and it was Ubisoft's, and it was just a terrible experience even getting into the place. And we get in there, and they bring out James Cameron on stage. We're like, oh, sweet, we're going to see some footage, blah, blah, blah. And he quite honestly stood up front and talked for 20, 25 minutes about this game and about the movie. Never once no showed us no, no pictures, no <laughs> video, not even a fucking logo. <laughs> no, they had the logo up. That oh, did they the have the logo? Thing. Oh, God. Yeah. It was just brutal. Brutal. Yeah. I, I'm curious about this movie. Like, I haven't even watched the trailers yet, but this this thing could either be, like, the biggest pile of shit ever made, or it could actually be pulled off. And, you know, James Cameron's done pretty well by me, movie-wise, so... Yeah, me too. I hope he doesn't get laughed out of Hollywood for this. Yeah. Yeah, he can afford to. Yeah. He'll make Titanic 2. Oh, God. Uh, And if... Uh, if this is still on the roster for next week, Tekken 6 for PSP will be out. I've officially given up on the PS3 version, and I will not be taking the <laughs> partaking of the PSP. Told ya. Yeah. Hey, it was only 20 bucks. I sold it for 35 Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I would have bought it for 25 dick. Well, pfft. Whatever. Didn't you see my Twitter when I was like, should I sell it for Super Mario Brothers? Not really. I... Yeah. I, I, I kind of like sneak my way looks at Twitter during the day now on my phone. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, tell us all about this military madness contest because this uh, it's pretty badass. It is. Uh, Hudson is teaming up with us to give away a copy of Military Madness, their new PSN game. Nectaris. Uh, for those who, yeah, Military Madness, Nectaris. And for those who are unfamiliar, this is a very old Turbo Graphics game, one of the best Turbo Graphics games. Hell it's yeah. a yeah, it, it's a straight up strategy game. Um, I don't want to call it simple, but really, it's it is. I mean, you you're given your units, you attack the enemy. There's no resource gathering, anything like that. You, right. you can repair units, but it's all tactics. Like our buddy Zaku Pilot, who is uh, the marketing intern there described it he's like it's it's basically like chess you know you've got your pieces and you use them right but so what, it, what, it's where it gets technical is uh you know, and actually if you've ever played advanced wars advanced wars is actually kind of a copy of military madness to a certain extent um but what you can do is you know you get better points if you've surrounded your enemy in, in two or three spots or mm-hmm. if you have a higher position if you're up in the mountains and you're firing down on them you're going to have a better chance against them so yeah. it, it can actually it's kind of like Golden or uh, not golden tea. Uh, it's kind of like Hot Shots Golf, where you can play it as a really simple game, but deep down inside is actually a very technical and and very strategic game. Uh, and this yeah. is turn based strategy; it's not real time. Right. Uh, it's good. It's got a nice three D facelift, and you can win yourself a copy. Uh, the details are up on our site at psnation.org. We're doing a, the typical thing where we ask you some trivia, and then we'll pick a winner out of the correct trivia answers. That will be next week. Yeah. Uh, but what we're doing this time is I gave you three questions, and apparently they aren't hard enough because people have actually been answering <laughs> them cor- <laughs> quite correct. 
uh, I'll go through them quick, but uh, just go go to our site and you can check it out in more detail. But question one is, in Military Madness Nectaris, how many players can participate in online multiplayer? Question two, what is the air attack range of the Hawkeye unit in Military Madness Nectaris? And question three, how many different PlayStation systems have games in the Military Madness series been released on? And uh, somebody pointed out that it's not technically a series since a lot of the games are remakes of each other. So, same difference. Uh, I disagree <laughs> because Neo Nectaris on the Turbo or on the PC Engine, which is a CD game. I mean, it's the same type of game, but it had a lot more to yeah. do with it. So, it is a series. Oh yeah. Oh so yeah. I mean, so tell that guy Stufunub. Yeah. <laughs> uh, email your answers to podcast at psstation.org. You must put Military Madness Contest in the subject line. And of course, all three answers have to be answered correctly, or all three questions have to be answered correctly in order to be eligible to win. So there you go. Uh, check the game out at militarymadnessgame.com. And we'll have our review up next week. And Hudson is putting on a, I don't know what what they call it, game with developers game with community. it's something like that well basically we're it's some sort of game community night. against the developers yeah so vgevo.com will be participating and we'll be playing with the hudson developers and random players you can win yourself a military bandas dog tag if you end up winning the matches uh this will be this coming friday so uh, the show comes out friday so it'll be tonight um yeah I don't know. Do we know what time it starts at, though? Uh, I thought it was like 6 or 7 o'clock, and actually, if you give me a second, I have the link right in front of me. Uh, okay. Let's see here. Let's see. Which is over... Uh, blah, 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 blah. Friday, November 20th from 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, to 7 p.m. Pacific Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's... Cool. Yeah. There you go. It'll be uh, VG Evo podcasters admins and mods and some peeps from a Hudson. lot of people already <laughs> holy shit yeah. yeah most definitely no this is pretty cool I, I wish i could be there I, I have a land party and i'm leaving right from work on friday so zaku pilot says that he'll accept it only if i use the name uh pony danza during the land party i have to i have to just use <laughs> pony danza and not tell anybody it's me and i said well usually the, uh, the land party I, I use i use the name stunt cock so, I can go with Pony Danza. I mean, that's there whatever. you go. It's like the Donkey Punch. Huh. Pony Danza. Biggest, the biggest Turbo Graphics nerd won't even be there. I know mm. it sucks, but what are you gonna do? I this has been planned for months, so not much I can yeah. do about it. Sorry. All right. Well, now let's take a listen to Mark and Roy talk about the Fallout Three DLC. Hey, everybody. We are back with Roy Blakely. From Kotawari.org. Tonight, he's here to talk about the Fallout 3 downloadable content packs that have been released. How you doing? Not bad. How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, Glenny decided to sit this one out since he has never even played Fallout 3. For shame, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we have you more than me since I haven't even managed to finish the game yet. But yeah. We're here to cover all five of the DLC packs that were recently released on PS3. And what's interesting is nobody actually thought these would be released on PS3 since Bethesda said there yeah, were no plans. I, I know. I was so sad when, you know, it was just on Xbox and it didn't look like they were ever going to release it for PS3. And I'm not much of a PC gamer, so I, I just thought that, you know, I had I had no hope. But Right. Well, it's good. And 
I actually got the game on PC, which is where I started playing it, and then Bethesda was kind enough to send us the DLC packs, fortunately for the PS3, so I went out and bought the PS3 version. I just haven't had enough time to actually get anywhere in the game <laughs> to really experience <laughs> much of this. So that's where you come in. <laughs> Thanks for being here tonight. <laughs> oh, no problem. Uh, so uh, let's see. There's five total. Uh, Operation Anchorage, The Pit, Broken Steel, Point Lookout, and Mothership Zeta. Correct. Um, Broken Steel is the one that's like an extension of the, the regular game. Okay. And uh, I, I'm not sure, again, if this is a spoiler or not, but... Um, in, in the regular version, without Broken Steel, if you beat the game, your character basically dies, and you know you you have no way of uh, continuing where you left off unless you had like uh, a like a physical save instead of like an auto save. Um, so that really made a lot of people mad, and uh, yeah, also this people were complaining about the level cap. Um, so they, they oh, yeah. both of those issues get resolved with yeah. Okay. Um, it, it increases the level cap from twenty to thirty. Yeah, th- yeah, I think I had read that, and hmm. well, it it sounds like it's kind of buggy too, unfortunately. Yeah, I, it did. They didn't really fix uh, that many issues. Uh, I actually, admittedly, took advantage of a few of them, <laughs> uh, especially <laughs> with Operation Anchorage. Uh, there's a lot of bugs for that one that you could take advantage of. So, huh. um, I didn't have any that like directly affected you know the game. Like I wasn't super annoyed by them. Yeah. Um, but they are definitely obvious. Yeah. Well, which... I mean, Fallout 3 on the PS3 itself was pretty buggy. I mean, I saw stuff yeah. in the PS3 one I never saw in the PS or in the PC one as far as bugs went. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. But, I mean, it, it's still a great game. It didn't break it or anything yeah. like that. It just was a little annoying. So then Broken yeah. Steel, like, it does it, it takes place after the end of the, the actual game? Yeah, like you, you'd like join up with uh, uh, the Brotherhood of Steel to like get rid of. I, I think it's the Enclave. Um, it's it's just like kind of ridiculous. Like they just took all the most ridiculous things and all the biggest weapons and crazy things and just put them all, all in there. And uh, it's pretty climactic, you know. Um, I, I think it's it's definitely a, a good extension of the regular game for people looking for a little more. Out of the ending. I was going to say, do you think it's <laughs> worth it just to get like the extra level cap and extend the game a bit? Um, I think if, yeah, well, I'd say if it's not in your budget to get all of them, that's the, the one you should definitely get. Okay. Damn, I don't have the prices in front of me. Is that one 10 bucks? Okay. Yeah, 10 bucks each. Oh, they are. Okay, they are, yeah. So, wow, it actually makes sense to buy the Game of the Year edition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think wow. it was on sale. I don't know if it still is, but it was like at Target for like forty bucks, maybe like a few weeks ago. Oh wow! Which is less than the price of the DLC. Yeah, because you can get Fallout Three, the vanilla Fallout Three, pretty cheap now. Because I picked it up for less than twenty bucks mm. used. Yeah. But yeah, if you're buying all the DLC, that's still pretty pricey. So then, uh, the other four are just kind of add-ons, like little side quest kind of things. Exactly. Yep. They they have like a definite beginning and ending. Um, they kind of. The thing I like about all of them is they introduce like a, some unique settings, whereas a lot of Fallout 3 is you're just walking around in the wasteland, you know, like it's just like plain black and going through like tunnels and stuff. Like it gets kind of 
boring after a while, but there's some new settings. Like one of them takes place in uh, Alaska, obviously uh, Operation Anchorage. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's like snow and I don't know. It's it's kind of nice just having the well, the change cool. visually. Yeah. yeah. Now, like, how does that work then? Is it like, do you have to basically find like a fast travel point to get to these things from the main map or are they yeah. connected at all? Yeah. As soon as you get the new DLC, like these locations appear on the map, and if you go there, uh, you can activate. You know, like uh, one of them, you take a boat to. Okay. Uh, I think that's Point Lookout. You take a boat hmm. um, to and yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, they figured out you know cool ways to do it for Operation Anchorage. It's actually a simulation. Oh. So you get into like this pod. Um, you know, you like hook into this machine. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. It's a little harder too, because as soon as you go into operation Anchorage, they, they strip all your stuff. So you have to basically like start at, at zero and oh, kind of based on your skill, you'll, you know, progress, which I think is good. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Huh. So do you keep your level and everything then? And it just strips your equipment or do you start at level one? Uh, you keep all your, le- you keep your level. Um, you keep your perks. Um, and any bobbleheads, uh, but no items, no equipment, no armor, no healing stuff. Wow. Um, of course there are quite a few glitches, like I said, that you can take advantage of and kind of go around that if you, (laughs) (laughs) well, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's fun to exploit glitches like demon souls. (laughs) The game would be a hell of a lot harder without (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully the uh, next one, if there is a next one, yeah, won't be free of glitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about the pit? Um, yeah, that one. Um, it's basically like a a raider base camp, like a huge, like almost like a raider city, basically. Cool. Um, and, and you can you can go there, uh, and basically like they don't kill you as long as you you know don't fuck around with them too much. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but there, there's a lot of new little mini quests there, like that I like. You can um, exchange uh, different items that that have been like, like useless in, in the first. There's a person who buys like teddy bears. I my stuff, and um, that one's not as challenging because you, you get to keep everything. Okay. Um, but yeah. still a lot of fun. I, I'd still recommend it. Yeah. It's nice seeing a, a different side of the raiders because you're kind of just used to them. Uh, popping yeah. up on on the map and you're running at you. Yeah, they're just kind of the generic enemies that you run into all the time. Mm. Huh, that's cool. They flesh them out like that. Yeah. Nice. All right. What about Point Lookout? Uh, Point Lookout. That's the one where it kind of takes place in like this weird, ambiguous southern kind of town. I don't know if they actually say what state it is, but anyway, it's, it's some some southern area where um, that's the one you take like a ferry to or like a boat and. Okay. Uh, you know, it's kind of like backwoodsy, so people are a little crazy and basically just have to fend them off. And yeah, um, there's a lot of unique, a lot of unique weapons there. That uh, that's one of the things that I liked about that level, like uh, some uh, some new rifles and stuff like that. Um, nice. One of which is really good at like crippling limbs. That one, I think that one's uh, a little less interesting visually out of the other ones because it, yeah. it's kind of little more familiar to what people may have seen in regular fallout oh okay not as unique as the other ones are 
Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, what about uh, Mothership Zeta? I think this is probably my favorite of the five. Yeah, I think I think that one's really cool. Um, when you you know explore a, a radio signal um, from aliens, and basically you end up uh, getting abducted, <laughs> and there's like <laughs> there's like people on the ship from like different parts of the world and like different time periods. Like there's like a samurai and a cowboy and stuff, and um, so you can kind of interact with them, and you can get a bunch of alien technology, which is pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah, up until now, there'd only been like that one little, the little alien handgun, but now you can get some new, I think there's like a, a rifle and like an alien rifle and like some weird grenades and stuff. Um, it's just like a new way to heal too. I don't remember how, like instead of stim pack, they have some new healing item. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, I liked, um, uh, you know, those, the characters from different parts of the, the world. I thought that was cool. Yeah. And you can like get all their equipment too if you kill them, which so you can wear the samurai armor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, huh? Well, it is pretty cool that they ended up extending the game like this, even if they are kind of pricey for downloadable content. But it seems yeah. like each one's pretty beefy, it's not- so it's not a waste of money at all. Yeah, I mean, five. Hours. Yeah, yeah, around five hours. I mean. You can obviously take your time and really explore. Uh, some of them are kind of linear. I thought Operation Anchorage in particular was pretty linear in that like, it's kind of a, a set path, almost like they were trying to simulate like a, a normal uh, first-person shooter. Oh, okay. um, so that one, you, you, can't, you don't really have the option of kind of slowing down. But, but they, do, they do put it, or uh, they do try to, simulate the, the fps kind of interestingly like they at one point they give you like allies that you can recruit and they follow you around and shoot and stuff that's cool yeah huh. so which do you think are the ones you would definitely recommend buying or all of them if that's the case um i mean if if possible i'd definitely say all of them um would be optimal yeah uh if, if you're starting your game from the very beginning um like you never played it before yeah. i'd say definitely just start with um broken steel because as soon as you install it it increases your level cap by 10 right so if you happen to you know hit hit the 20 wall and, and you don't you know lose any xp you get so that's that's pretty cool that's not good and hmm. yeah I'd, i think um, i would recommend that one that, first as well even if you never definitely. actually see it post game i think yeah the advantage of the level cap definitely helps yeah. Also, the the new perks they have, um, they're they're not that great. Like for the next ten levels, some of them are kind of interesting. Like um, some of my friends, they really like dog meat. Like the follower you can get. Yeah. And there, there's a perk where you can where he revives if, if he dies. Oh. Um, so that's cool. But but um, even just having the ability to add ten new perks, even if you don't do any of the new ones, I think is really good. Mm-hmm. Broken Steel is definitely first. Okay. Um, then I think probably, uh, like we said, M- Mothership Zeta is probably the most amusing out of yeah. out of the five. Then I think maybe probably the, the pit, just because I really like, uh, like I said, seeing that side of the raiders kind of like yeah, seeing how they live rather than how they die <laughs> um, <laughs> or how they kill you. Um, <laughs> then. Uh, 
Um, it's, it's a toss-up between Operation Anchorage and Point Lookout. Um, so I don't know if I could really say if I liked uh, Operation Anchorage or um, Point Lookout better since they both entertain me about the same and they yeah. both have really good items that they give you. So that, that'd be tough. But I'd say if you're not the type that enjoys standard first-person shooters, then probably like Point Lookout better and Operation Anchorage would probably be your least favorite. Hmm. Huh. But yeah, you can't go wrong. I mean, if you, if you're a Fallout junkie, you probably already own all five of these. Um, Definitely. If not, you know, save up your money for the DLC or trade in your vanilla copy and pick up the game of the year that's got everything in it. Well, why don't you plug your site since uh, it's been a while since you've been on? Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, no one's forgotten me. But um, <laughs> yeah. So um, my site is kotowari uh, dot org. Uh, I've had it up for. I think like a year and a half now. Basically, I focus on uh, Japanese RPGs and and you know, RPGs in general too. Since I'm here talking about Fallout Three, but it's basically just me. I, I try to update it regularly. I've been kind of slacking lately. My apologies. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I spend a lot of time there. So if you ever want to email me or you know leave comments, that's cool, and I'll, I'll try to get back to you about anything. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, everybody should definitely check it out. All right, well, thanks for joining us tonight, and uh, we'll have you back on soon to review some more stuff, I'm sure. All right, well, you have a good night. All right, you too. Thanks again. Anyway, all right. Uh, so let's hit the news. We actually got some pretty kick-ass news for the week. Uh, actually, I know I, the patch just came out, apparently. Uh, but Sony announced uh, yesterday that firmware 3.10 has now hit, by the time you hear this, uh, with actual Facebook integration. Uh, some of it will work yeah. day one. Some of it's coming soon. It's not a Facebook. It's not an, a client. It actually allows you to, like, you know, automatically... I want to say tweet automatically announce things to Facebook from your PS3. So, like, if you get a new trophy, it'll actually put it up in your Facebook account. Thank God yeah. it asks you if you want to do it every time, though. You know, I might do it if it was Twitter, but I'm not going to do that for Facebook. I try to keep my Facebook separate from my gaming stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, there's people out there that have linked their Twitter and Facebook, though. So it's yeah, I don't. What like are you going to do? Yeah, me neither. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's neat. Yeah. I mean, it, it's nice that we actually got something day and date with something that Microsoft's doing in the same ilk. Because Microsoft's got that same after. thing where... Huh? <laughs> it came out the day after. Well, whatever. I mean, it's it's not four months after, you know what I mean? Right. But theirs is like an actual Facebook client, right? But the 361 also has this kind of functionality. Where it'll mm-hmm. automatically, you know, oh, I'm playing this now, or I'm playing that now. Uh, I haven't seen the 360s yet, because honestly, I don't even have gold anymore. I really don't care, but... I haven't um, downloaded it on mine yet. But Andrew, we'll see. That, that, that's where the whole fa- that's where that whole tweet that I did a few weeks ago came from. Because Andrew Yoon was out there playing with like the you know the pre-release version of the Microsoft one, and he gets on and he was telling me about. It. He goes, "Oh yeah, the the Facebook client section not too bad, and it'll you know it'll automatically update your stuff and whatever." And then he said, "But the Twitter one really sucks because it's not very intuitive, and you can't even look at TwitPic stuff. There's no you can't go to any links or anything else." And he was, he's like, oh, so he tweeted, like, oh, I'm tweeting from my 360, like everybody has to do. And that's when I did my famous, hey, look, I'm tweeting from my PS3 and I'm doing it for free. 
and I can get the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's why PS3 doesn't really need to integrate it as much, because you can do it in the browser. Yeah, and it works fine in the browser. Yeah, I do wish I, I wish they do Twitter instead of Facebook, but that's just me. Uh, who knows? It might happen. I don't Probably. see why they wouldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple other things that, that this adds as well. Uh, you can actually change the background of your gamer card now. Uh, so when Good. your color will, will transfer over if somebody else has you in their friends list. So if you pick purple, it'll show up as purple on theirs. And also in the photo section, uh, it'll actually show the photos in rows and columns now instead of just one big column, which is pretty nice, actually. I like that. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah, and uh, no, this does not include cross-game chat for <laughs> anybody who's wondering. No! When that gets added, I think I'm gonna we're going to have to do something really special. I don't know what yet, but we're going to do something special. Okay, like have a cross-game chat? Well, we'll just play that. <laughs> I have no uh, idea. All right, next one. This is big. Next one, yes. <laughs> finally, after how long have we been begging? And how, how, how finally... much bitching did we do at E3 to people? <laughs> oh, no kidding. Ad Hoc Party is finally coming out in the U.S. this month. In fact, is it actually coming out this Thursday? They wouldn't give a date, but I think it's going to be before Thanksgiving. Okay, because I heard rumors that it was this week, but I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, they wouldn't They wouldn't tell me. They. I think there's something... They don't know when they can put it up because they're they're putting a lot of content up next Tuesday right before Thanksgiving. Yeah, they're doing a pretty big release from what it sounds like. So I don't know when it's going to be. I think I. That's cool. Maybe I. Yeah, I would say it's going to be this week. Who knows? I hope well, so. By the time people are listening I mean, to this, we'll know. I'm shocked because their general consensus seemed to be ad hoc party. What's that? What's that? Never Every time that. somebody brought brought it up. Ad hoc what? Uh, what? This is cool, though, because, I mean, the Japanese one is very usable. Yeah, If you can't speak Japanese, you just got to know what options to pick. But this this is good, and it, it really needs it, because so many PSP games don't use the infrastructure. So this gives you a way to play them online. Now, yes, best case scenario would be that they use infrastructure, but next best thing. Let's look at it that way. Yeah, because nine times out of ten, they don't use infrastructure. So... Uh-huh. Uh, Instead of bitching about them using infrastructure, there's the there's the tool to get it done. Yeah, and if anybody's unsure of what what we're even talking about, ad hoc party literally like it basically fools your PSP into thinking you're connecting with somebody over ad hoc, meaning you know you're connecting like PSP to PSP, not over right. the internet, but it is essentially connecting you over the internet to somebody else. Plus, you can use your PS3 headset to communicate with whoever you're connected with. Oh, it's actually a very good system, and it works really well for games yeah. that support it. Somebody actually sent us an email games. about that, too. And uh, you've used this more than I have, but there was confusion about the headset because he's like, well, I can't connect my, my headset to my PSP. How does this work? So It uses the, P- it uses the headset through the PS3. Right. So it doesn't it's use like the PSP at all. System. Yep, and uh, you're basically like creating a chat room when you use it, and everybody enters the room for, I think, I don't know, it's probably game-dependent how many people can connect. But yeah, then everybody has their headset, and I think you can actually do text chat in there too, but I'm not too positive on that. Uh, but yeah, it works extremely well. And it, I think uh, they don't really limit the games that can use it. I think you can try it with any game. And even if it's not on the official list, I don't know if they released the list for the U.S. yet. There's one for Japan. But a lot of games will work, even if they're not on the list. Some don't, yeah. like Nabashin and I tried doing a Power Stone Collection one time, 
and it worked, but it was also going at about half the speed it was supposed to be. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, it, I don't think everything's going to work, but the a lot of the big ones like Fantasy Star Portable and Monster Hunter and uh, Dissidia, those all work great. It is kind of funny that we have essentially a cross-game chat for PSP before we have it for PS3, though. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> kind of sad. God damn it. Anyway. <laughs> derp, 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 Sony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't load up the sound. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, oh, your wife just got home, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I heard her. <laughs> Is she tweeting already? Yeah, she just tweeted. I just got home. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Famitsu just uh, posted not too long ago, actually. Uh, no More Heroes is being ported to the PS3 and Xbox 360. Uh, they've got some scans up over on Joystick showing a ported version of the original game with updated graphics and a very new or a new very sweet mode in which all female characters are wearing less. According to the hot. scan, it'll be out in Japan on February 25th. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> so, pretty interesting. There, there was always a rumor that they were going to come to the bigger systems. So, wonder if, uh, wonder what they're going to do about the waggle stuff. Though they're going to have to convert all that. Oh yeah. Well, that's what a lot of people are saying that they're worried about how the waggle is going to work because <laughs> they think it's going to be actually end up being more boring without it. Uh, well, that'd be a first. A game more boring because well, of lack of waggle. Wow. Yeah, well, I've heard some parts of it. I'm like, I haven't played the game yet. Nabashin was kind enough to send it to me, but as usual, I haven't gotten wow. around to it. Um, but I, I have heard there's certain points, in, like, this isn't from him, this is from other people. I've heard there's certain points in the game that are a little monotonous, but the waggle keeps them a little more interesting. Mm. Oh, so, uh, I don't spe- know, we'll see. Speaking of Nabashin, mm-hmm. I have your Kingdom Hearts too. You took it. Oh, I didn't take it. See, Somebody you, put it in my game. You did like it. Oh, you yeah. liked no, it. I you want to play it more? Oh my god, that was terrible. Yeah, I, I was getting all the games out of the out of the bag and and putting them all back on the shelving. And I'm like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. Now the curse is here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, next news item I was actually kind of hinting at. I knew about this a couple days ahead of time, but uh, finally we get a date. You got a date? No, no, we date. A launch date thing. Oh, oh, for Final Fantasy thirteen. Yeah. Ooh, you got a date with lightning. <laughs> yeah. Tell us all about <laughs> it. Oh man. Yeah, what am I supposed to say? March. <laughs> it'll hit North America and Europe on March 9th, twenty ten. Just a few months after it debuts in Japan. After yeah. nearly four years after it was originally announced. Uh, this is releasing simultaneously on P- PS3 and 360. But still no word on how many discs it's going to take on the 360. Maybe it's only one, then. I doubt. I will bet you money it's more than one disc. Yeah, probably. Yeah. There's no way it's not going to be on... Uh, that it's going to be on one disc. There's no way. So there you go, Final Fantasy uh, fans. You're finally getting Final Fantasy 13 fully... Uh, Fully translated into English, March 9th, 2010. Hurrah! Hurrah! It is kind of nice that it's coming out in Europe and North America the same day. That's true. You don't see that happen too often. All right, this last one. I'm so happy! Uh, well, we found out who's who's going to publish it here in the United States, but Atlas will be shipping 3D.Game Heroes in North America on May 11th. Reportedly, the price is $39.99, which is nope. just... It oh, is $39.99. It the is press release 39.99. says it. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, if if anybody doesn't know about this, basically, and and Martin has has uh, confirmed this, it's essentially a clone of uh, Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past from the Super Nintendo, but it uses this really cool pixel art, uh, like blocky characters. You can actually make up your own characters and your own items in the game and all yeah. kinds of stuff. But the map, the weapons, everything—it's—it's it's essentially a clone of *A Link to the Past*, which I've told everyone a million times is my favorite Zelda game. So, yeah, I just—I I freaked out when I found out it's coming. I wish it was sooner, to be honest. But I just—oh man, yeah, I'm—I'm I'm there so I'm so there day one. <laughs> I still wonder how they got away with making this look like Zelda. Like it rips off Zelda. The music is so close too. I mean, we, yeah. We, Martin put uh, actually for everybody to know. Martin does a lot of videos for GamerZide.com. It's G A M E R S Y D E, and uh, he he did two ten minute videos, and he, they're all in high def, seven twenty p. Very very nice videos up on GamerZide. Uh, go go check them out. And one of the videos is the first ten minutes of gameplay. The other one's a bo- boss fight. And the first ten minutes, uh, Marquis and I were watching it at Extra Life. The music is so close to Zelda's. It's probably the closest you can be without getting sued. <laughs> so I, oh man, I want this game so bad. I there, there's all this cool retro looking text, and you know it's oh man, it's it just tickles every retro bone I've got. I, I just I want this game so bad. So yeah, I want it. Giddy up. Damn right. Yeah. Did you see a Bleak Harvest tweet to us? Yeah, he says, mention the Battlefield Bad Company 2 beta. A lot of VGEVO folk will be on Friday night after your show is out. Okay, we're mentioning the Bad Company 2 beta. Moving on. There you go. But don't forget, <laughs> we also have the Military Madness game night, so yeah, divide so your time. F your Bad Company 2 beta. Yeah. F it in the in air. your face. <laughs> I'm just asking questions here. So. Oh yeah, you don't watch South Park, do you? Yeah, I do. What are you talking about? Uh, well, I don't watch it. The new ones when they come out. Oh, last week's was a total dig on um, Glenn Beck. Or no, what's that guy's name? Jeff Beck? Glenn Beck? No, it's Glenn Beck. I don't think it's Glenn Beck. It was somebody. Yeah, maybe it's Glenn Beck. Cartman base essentially becomes Glenn Beck. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Writes a book, everything. Okay. <laughs> I gotta wait for it to hit South Park Studios. Yeah, it, it's it's really really fucking good. So all right. Nice. Uh, well, let's go over what we've been playing, and then uh, after that, I think we'll do uh, our, our Just a Water thing, and we'll take a break. Yay. So, I haven't played that much, so I don't know if you want to go first or if you want me to. I've probably played less. <laughs> I go first. God damn it. Um, my PS3, basically, like, all from Friday to Sunday, it essentially was playing Netflix, like, 95% of the time. Ha! I didn't get on any games until, like, 9 o'clock Sunday night. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I can go over the movies I watched if you want. It. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be talking uh, about it too. Yeah. What the hell did I watch now? Um. Well, I watched Trailer Park Boys the movie. Really? On purpose? Well, th- another podcast I listened to were kind of fans of it. I guess it's like a Canadian. It's huge in Canada. If you go to Canada, yeah. that's all they talk about is effing trailer bo- trailer park. Yeah, boys. so I wanted to check it out, and like I wasn't crazy about it. I didn't think it was bad, and it was pretty funny, but I wasn't, you know, enamored by it. Uh, after that, I watched Command Performance with Dolph Lundgren. What the fuck? <laughs> you, did you hear? This was the movie he did this year. 
Yeah. Like, it came out this year, direct-to-video, where he's a drummer in a band in Russia. Yeah. And, like, terrorists take over the auditorium. And it's all, like, a cheesy 80s action flick. Except and the, tra- and the trailer is shot in somebody's garage with black curtains hanging up. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it wasn't bad. I would say the worst part of it was actually Dolph Lundgren, sadly <laughs> enough. I love the guy, but, like, I don't know if he was stoned through the whole thing or just, like, sleepwalking, but, like, he... Like, there was no emotion. Like, his one-liners were terrible, and he just kind of mumbled them through the whole thing. And, like, every time he had an action scene, it was just, like, kind of like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> it was done. You know, was the story, or something. Like, the story was, you know, cheesy and whatever, and the acting wasn't that great. But it was a fun action movie, so I, I actually kind of enjoyed it. Uh, and then I watched Phantasm, that uh, old 70s nice. horror movie. Oh, I've Phantasm never seen 2 it before. still the best one. Yeah, I've never seen it before, and I've always wanted to. I would say it holds up decently for a 70s horror movie. Sure. I think it would have been a lot more shocking back then, because like, there was only one scene that was like even remotely gory in it. Right. Um, but yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, then Saturday, we moved on to, unfortunately, Paul Blart Molcott. Oh my god, didn't I warn you about that? Yes, you did. And oh, if you god. think a movie's bad, I know it's bad, but Jess oh. wanted to watch it. And we did, terrible. and it was fucking horrible. Uh, and then after that, we cleansed our palate with uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Nice. We don't need mm-hmm. another hero. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a, mo- a movie I watch that I'm forgetting in there, but that's okay. That's all right. Uh, but non-movie stuff, I played some Fantasy Star Zero on DS, which I really, really like. Cool. It's got problems, namely the graphics are a pixelated mess because of the DS screen. <laughs> and you know, it, it actually the the composition isn't that bad. Like like the environments and stuff. It's just that the textures are just giant blocky pixels, thanks to it being an N sixty four, right? And the character models are a little blocky. But the game is great. It is the sequel to Fantasy Star Online that we never got. It's a sequel that PS Universe never was. Uh, it plays just like PSO with some minor improvements. Like you have like a dodge roll. They carried over like some of the special attacks from Fancy Star Universe. Uh, the downside is that like the camera still sucks like it did in PSO. And for whatever reason, they went with the, the like the action shortcut palette that PSO used, where you basically have six attacks that you can assign, and that's All it. Right. And one of them is also assigned to the dodge roll, so that basically gives you five. And unlike PSO, you can't use your magic from the menu. You have to have it in the palette, which makes it a big pain in the ass. And it just makes no sense because there's an entire fucking touchscreen right there they could have used for attacks. <laughs> so, otherwise, <sighs> though, it plays just like it. I find it a hell of a lot more... Like, I like PSU. I don't love it. And I actually like Fantasy Star Portable a lot better than regular Fantasy Star Universe. Hmm. Um, but this... This feels like Fantasy Star, not just Fantasy Star Online. It even feels a little bit like the old Fantasy Stars, which I never thought Fantasy Star Universe did. So I'm really digging it. I'm glad I bought it. Uh, anybody who wants to get on it with me, send me a message, uh, like on Twitter or VGEvo or something. I don't have my DS online yet because I've got like a little Wi-Fi USB thing. Yeah, I got to get working because I'm not redoing my network to put it back on WEP. So, yeah. <laughs> Once I get that working, I'll take it online. Um, other than that, I played. I did play some uh, Call of Duty, Michael Bayfair 2. Jesus um, Christ. 
I'll talk about that while you're reviewing it. But I did try using the frag effects while I yeah. was playing it. I'm about ready to give up because it's not happening. Uh, the thing I, I think the thing would be good if you can get to the point where it's like second nature, right? Like using a mouse and keyboard or a controller, and there's always a learning curve. The thing is, though, you're still using like a mouse on a mouse mat. So I'm sitting on the couch. There's nowhere comfortable I can put this thing. You know, it doesn't work well like if I put it on the couch next to me because my wrist is at a funny angle. Right. I put it on the coffee table, but then I'm leaning so far forward and I've got like the nunchuck thing in my other hand. So then I put another small table just in front of the couch so I didn't have to lean so far. But it's still like the sensitivities are odd because it's still not like a true mouse. It's mimicking the analog movement. So right. I'm tweaking the sensitivity on it all. And like it still is taking me far too long to turn around when I'm like I put the game on easy when playing single player to try to get used to it. And I'm like getting shot in the back and I still can't turn around fast enough and aim fast enough. Well, that's what we noticed at, uh, at E3. He had that thing cranked up for the sensitivity. And And I've got it cranked pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I think if I used it long enough, I could definitely get used to it. And double Rican actually suggested playing it on the computer monitor and just put the mouse thing on the desk. So it feel more natural. So I'm going to try that. Because that might actually work a lot better. Because it's not that hard to get used to the button placements. It's just, it doesn't work quite like, if it doesn't quite feel like a mouse. It's close, but it's not there. And then, like, I switched over to using the controller, and then it just felt, like, incredibly comfortable. But, I don't know. It's it's a learning curve. And I think if you're hardcore about these games, it might be worth getting into. But, like, I'm not into FPS games. It seems like I'm going through a lot of work for something I'm not going to use. But I'll, <laughs> I'll keep plugging away at it a little bit. Um, what else did I play? I played a little bit of Comet Crash. Not to be oh, confused yeah. with Gravity Crash. Uh, they came out with that update last week, and they sent us a code for it. So we'll be reviewing that next week. I didn't get to play it enough. But that is a tower defense, which is not my favorite genre. Normally. And it's it's kind of mixed with an MMO, or not an MMO, uh, real-time strategy an RTS a little bit, Hmm. but the way it's set up is actually really easy to get into. Hmm. So surprisingly enough, I'm enjoying it. I've only played a couple of the levels, but I'm actually enjoying it. Don't prove oats right. What? Don't prove oats right. Oh yeah. Well, (laughs) Scott said it was good too. So, well, then we know it sucks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Scott. Uh, did I even play anything else? Oh, I, duh, how can I forget that? New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Uh, Holy shit. It's so fucking good. But did you play multiplayer yet? Oh, yeah. Played it single and multi. Every single person I talked to, even the people at work, said once they added another player, I, they didn't like it as much at all. No, it's a, it's a different game, multiplayer. It's more like a party game. Right. And honestly, I had more fun like flat out fun just like laughing and you know accidentally killing each other because you can run into each other and accidentally bop each other on the head when you're jumping right which leads to a lot of accidental deaths and it's hilarious so <laughs> it's it's fun to play it that way like for party game means but so if you're like really you're serious about too. playing yeah kind of but if, if you're playing it like to be able, for a serious platformer like single player is still fine because i don't think they really uh change the game at all for multiplayer it still plays like a classic mario game right some of the levels are really challenging some of them aren't you know that bad 
but it still feels like Mario. It feels better than New Super Mario Brothers on the DS, that's for sure. It's like a really good blend of Mario 3 and Super Mario World. Hmm. And, like, really, anybody with a Wii except you should own this game. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'll give it a try eventually. I like. I have the DS one, and I, I have a lot of the Super Mario Brothers games, so it's not a... It's not a series that i hate you'll, or something. you'll find an excuse not to like it well i just don't like the idea that i have to shake the goddamn waggle controller to do that spinny move it's not that bad and the, I know, the but it just bugs spin me jump itself isn't that useful uh the helicopter helmet is where it gets useful because that's how you but you it's don't fly same, it's a, it's but you the jump same way thing. higher you have to do the same goddamn thing to use the helicopter you basically like you know shake the controller once in your hand it's not that yeah. bad all right it doesn't. It hasn't gotten in the way at all. I know. I just like I said. I don't like being forced to do any waggle stuff. I want it to I be know. optional. God damn it. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I think that is about it. All right. I, think I managed to play anything else. You played way more than I did. Oh well, it was yeah. mostly movies. Well, I actually did. I, I am trying Netflix again, and for a very specific reason, I think I'm going to drop all the movie channels off my cable because uh, Netflix is definitely cheaper. So, uh, did Netflix again? Actually, got the disc yesterday for my PS3, uh, and actually, I have two discs, one for both PS3s. So, uh, I only played around with the one up here, but I, I still had stuff in my queue from the last time I had it, and I loaded up Voltron se- season one, tried the first episode. <laughs> I liked that show. My God. Wow. Yeah, we were all oh. a little more tolerant back then. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I watched that. I watched uh, Daniel Tosh stand up last night, which was really good. And just kind of dicked around with it for a while. And it's, it's pretty cool, you know. And ordered up, because uh, I don't want to buy this movie at all. Uh, I, I got the Blu ray for uh, Transformers 2 on the way. So. Ew, why? It's. Uh, I'm buying Dude. Star Trek, so. Uh, why? Yeah, I, I already wanna... bought Star Trek, but that's supposed to be good. It's not Bayformers. But that's the thing. I, I, I'm getting rid of my movie channels. My movie channels were there for you movies bought that G.I. I Joe. Wanna... Huh? I'm buying G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Well, I'm fine. Going, <laughs> I'm going to buy G.I. Joe, and I'm going to buy Star Trek. I rent movies that I'm not going to buy. I'm not fucking yeah. going to buy Transformers 2. Well, why are you even going to watch it? That's what I don't understand. <laughs> so then I can bitch about it even more. <laughs> I can bitch about it plenty, and I'm never going to see it. <laughs> Watch the, this. is my impression <laughs> of Shia LaBeouf in any movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know what you should be watching? They added Farscape season one through three on I never liked Farscape. I tried. Oh, my I, God. I, I hate never, you. I never liked it. I go watch Norbit. It. We're done. I quit. <laughs> yeah, why don't you go watch Paul Blart again, you fucking moron. <laughs> You watched uh, it first. I didn't watch the whole thing, though. I watched 15 minutes of it and turned it off. I played my DS while we were watching Oh, my God. Uh, all right, we're way off track here. Let's see. Uh, what did I put? Well, uh, I'll be doing the review later on, but uh, you know, Modern Warfare 2, I've been playing a ton of that. Uh, Got a War Collection, I'll be doing the review of that. Little Big Planet PSP, I'll be doing the review of that. Uh, some more Gran Turismo on PSP. Uh, still loving that game to death. And... Um, a lot of Gravity Crash, uh, but I'm going to stop playing Gravity Crash now because uh, uh, i, I got to start over when the game comes out, so I don't want to do any more because uh, apparently, you'll find out in the interview, they changed a lot from the build that we have. So, hmm. yeah. Anyway, so uh, I'm not going to play any more of that, but uh actually finally watched the last core with the Mod Nation Racer stuff. Man, that game's looking good. Oh, hmm. Really, really want that game. 
Uh, what else? Oh, I, I finally bought uh, Williams Collection, uh, uh, Pinball Hall of Fame Williams Collection on the PS3. Cool. So played a lot of that last night. Having a good time with that. Uh, the ball seems a little floatier in this one. I'm not sure. I'm going to go back and kind of com- compare the two versions of the PSP in this one, but it seems like the ball's a little bit floatier. Uh, I haven't played it enough to tell. Well, like Pinbot, I'm going. I'm hitting the side channels a lot, and uh, I just hmm. don't remember that from the real machine. So uh, we'll see. But I, I actually just obliterated a score last night. I think on the leaderboards, I'm in the 400s. Nice. Out of like, th- yeah, I just obliterated. I think it was on crate on taxi or something. I just got this humongous score. So really liking that. It's 30 bucks. You know, I got it from Buy.com. It's free shipping, and up here we get free shipping really fast. So. Um, mm-hmm. thirty bucks. It's such a great price for that game. I mean, the PS2 one I think it was twenty five, and th- and this is definitely upgraded graphics. It's got three more tables. Uh, no more golfers is fun, but uh, you know, just playing the classics and yeah, it's it's. I like Medieval Madness. I thought that was a shitload of fun. I haven't even gotten that far yet, so I only played about Ooh, play that one. It's five good. tables last night. So you gotta love how the intro movie is the exact same one that they used on the PS2 and PSP and yeah. they didn't even bother to re-encode it yeah <laughs> but that's the thing I think a different team did this one I don't think it was Crave proper I think it was a different team uh, so but the guy that we met at E3 they said that they had all the real pinball machines there and everything so I, you know I've, I've got faith uh, Space Shuttle seems to be playing perfectly and and uh, Funhouse played really well it's just on Pinbot it just seemed a little floaty to me but I might be crazy so you are I'll, yeah I'll wait um that might be about it. I it was a lot of Modern Warfare two and oh Uncharted two online played a little bit of that, uh, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's the stuff I'm going to be reviewing. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll play this. We I, I've been talking to Stuart a lot from uh, Just Add Water, and uh, he had he had a few things to tell us about Gravity Crash. Give us a little update and uh, some news. We uh, we got the release date. So that's why the show's coming Ooh. out late. It'll be out on Friday because we've got the release date for this game. So uh, here it is. Uh, it's Stuart Gilray from Just Add Water. Uh, Mark was off gallivanting around Monday night, so I had to do this alone. And uh, uh-huh. you'll, you'll get to hear Stuart and I geek out a little bit. Stuart is, he's been in the business a long time, and I could actually, I, I could sit and talk to him every day. So <laughs> we kept it short on the show, but we talked probably for another hour off air. But uh, give it a listen, and uh, I hope, I hope, Maybe some of this will get you excited for Gravity Crash. It is, it is really uh, an awesome game. So here we go. Well, I don't know where Mark is, but uh, I decided I was going to give Stuart a call out at Just Add Water over uh, across the pond there and get some more info on Gravity Crash because I've been playing it too damn much. So, uh, what is it, like 12.30 at night for you? Uh, well, it's now 5 past 1 in the morning, but yeah, it's cool. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, I've, I've done phoners at 3.30 in the morning before, so it's, it's, it's a pain, but it's, a, it's an entertaining and fun pain. Yeah, well, that's true. It's all for the love of the of the game. It's the love of the game, love of the business. Yeah, yeah true. People say to me, are you crazy? Loving the games industry, it, it kills you and destroys you. I said, nah, only if you let it. <laughs> Just like people say to us, are you crazy to do this whole podcast thing? Uh, anyway, you love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I have no idea where Mark is. He just said he wouldn't be available tonight. So I 
maybe he's adopting a Chinese baby. I have no idea. So. <laughs> oh, they still order the hookers and the booze. No, no. <laughs> no that's my job. That That's my oh, part okay. Yeah. So we, we talked to you a little while ago, you know, probably about a couple months ago now. And, uh, yep. you know, we, we have that pre-beta copy of Gravity, Gravity Crash that I've been playing so much. I played it for psh, like two or three hours during Extra Life. And uh, I figured we'd get you, get you back on and maybe try to find out some more info. Um, right, yep. So for those, of the, for those that didn't hear that, because we might have some new listeners, uh, I guess give us a really quick explanation of what Gravity Crash is. And uh, yeah. we'll get on from there. Okay, I mean, the, the, the basic essential of Gravity Crash is it's a, uh, an 80s-inspired retro shooter game. Uh, two-dimensional graphics, uh, harking back to the days when video game graphics were two dimensions, neon, lit, vector lined graphics. Um, you know, that, that, despite the fact that the visuals have, are vastly improved since the 80s, uh, in fact, our... our our infamous sub-tag for the game is the 80s in high definition. Um, it, it, it's, it's not just about the visuals, it's also about the gameplay. Um, the one thing that we kind of pride ourselves on at Just Like Water is that the games we make, we make because they're fun to play for us and maybe hark back to things we played when we were kids and enjoyed playing them. And in today's gaming world, 99.4% of 5% developers maybe it's not forgotten, but maybe neglect what started this business off 20, 30 years ago. Right. Uh, uh, I mean, one of the basic inspirations for Gravity Crash was the old Gravatar arcade machine. Which oh, yeah? We, which I, I did a thing for uh, at the Eurogamer Expo a few weeks ago in front of a crowd of 150, and uh, it clicked on me and Dave, we programmed when we were walking to that event, that Gravatar is now 30 years old this year. Wow. And we felt really old really quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a gravity crash in, in a whole. It's, it's 80s gameplay mechanics and fun with 80s visuals on steroids, basically. Well, it was, it was funny. Who's your, who's your level designer? I asked you before, but I forgot. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, we, we, we have an interesting guy. He started off literally just being the art guy on the project. And then in probably June, July time, Dave and I kind of freaked out because the levels we were doing weren't really that great, and we had six weeks to finish them. So we said to the uh, artist um, to go for it, and he's kind of made some stuff that have sent you and a few other guys crazy. (laughs) Not necessarily difficulty, but in the the crazy thought process behind him. And that that guy, I mean, Dave and I thank him daily, and his, his name's Duggan Jackson. And he's a completely, he's a complete nutcase, but in the really cool sense of the word. I mean, Dave and I have ethics in general that we don't like people working late. Um, in fact, Dave's probably a guy who's worked the latest the most, if you want to call it late, it's about yeah. 9, 30 at night. But literally about, oh, how long ago was I think it was the week before we did the Eurogamer Expo thing. Um, it was something like 9.30 in the morning, I, I did an update on the data, and I noticed every hour throughout the night, Duggan was checking something new, and I'm thinking, hang on, that's 1.30 a.m., 2.30 a.m., 3, 4, what the... F-? And, and he ended up literally doing a final pass on levels before we submitted to Sony. Um, Jeez. Every single one, making sure the music files were right, making sure that all the colors for the background were right, making sure the right backgrounds were selected, because in the editor of the game, you get a bunch of predefined backdrops, 
Right. He's making sure that the ones he had selected fitted. So in each system you're playing, um, we had a set, like a backdrop for system one, a backdrop for system two, etc. And he's making sure that they were all correct through all the levels. And he's just like, oh, okay, interesting, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, meticulous attention to detail. And I, 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 I'm not going to name the level yet, but there's one level in the background, there's some really cool graphics built into the landscape. And if you'd have seen it, I, you would have known exactly what I'm talking about, because Dave and I just sat there and went, holy shit. Uh, to be completely honest, it's, 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 it's a, Dugan's a complete nutcase. But, you know, <laughs> uh, I shall pass on your message to him, and I'm sure the voodoo doll will help as well. Yeah, I, I was cursing your name because I didn't know who to curse uh, during Extra Life. I was like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? But that's actually the... the that's my favorite thing about the game is that it's it's so incredibly skills based that you know you have to if you want to to get the bonus items and the artifacts and and, and those kind of things you have to sometimes creep and crawl into these little crevices and I hope that you still have fuel. About, Are you yeah. talking about the level with rising lava? I yeah I've played that one. And the lasers, bastards. Yeah, <laughs> no, I I honestly I got really far in the game uh, over extra life. I. I I, I they said I didn't blink. I, I'm not sure about that, but they said I didn't blink. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I just well, no, go ahead. What was pretty weird was because I took I, I got the preview code as well to one on retail machine, and the weekend that I got that was the weekend you guys got it too. Yeah. Um, I actually thought I'm going to play the game from start to end. I've never done it before. I've played random levels throughout the game to test stuff or change things and things, but I've never sat down and played it from. A to Z. And I guess I got to the fourth level in the fourth system, and then it fought my ass big time. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, screw it. So I, I, I went in the next day and changed one of the levels just so I could get past it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> not, uh, not really, not really. It, it rattles your nerves enough where you have to take a break. I mean, I was... And, and there are going to be some people that are going to try these speed runs and everything else, but, you know, with me, these levels are taking, like, 9, 10, 11 minutes because I'm trying to be a completist about it and, and take care of everything that I see on every level and and just explore. And, and, and that's what's so great is that... Well, that's, there, that's a good thing to do because getting all those crystals and stuff, that gives you a yeah. reward at the end of the game. So you, you if you want to get 100%, you have to get them. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I will say is, right, if you're going to do, um, there's, obviously you, there's two modes in the game, there's campaign mode and planet mode. Uh, you, can, you can feed on your specific planet times and scores by playing through planet mode, which is basically, you, obviously you're playing campaign mode and you unlock the levels as you go, right. and then you can go to planet mode and play them, play them randomly however you want to do. So, you know, you don't have to completely worry about getting everything on the campaign mode. Um, I mean, I kind of play it just to unlock stuff in advance. You know, then I go back to planet mode and play those levels again and again and again and again and again until I get really good at them. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever be good at them. Well, I mean, and, and also I'm playing with the old school control scheme. So, you know, of I have to course, use X to... The only way to play it. Only I, way to I play it. I, I think I mean, it's good that you... The, Q, the QA guys refused to do it classic controls and they had to actually force a couple of guys I understand to play in classic controls because oh. they just didn't get it which is yeah. like crazy 
Yeah, it, it's and I think it is a good idea that you put the twin stick controls in there. I think it makes the game a little more accessible to people that aren't as old as me that remember some of this awesome gameplay that we used to have back then. But the classic the classic controls are just so perfect. Where you know you you have to work. I mean, I've even done it a few times where all of a sudden I'll hit X for thrust and I'll be pointed down and not thinking about it and just ram right yeah. into the ground. I mean, you yeah, always we'll have to be paying that. attention. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, that's the thing. The thing we like everyone to realize and remember is that when we first started this off, there only was the classic control method. Uh, that dual stick method came in through, I mean, we didn't actually even finally decide on it 100% until probably May, June time. Oh, wow, um, okay. We did, I mean, we did various focus groups and stuff, you know, um, and in the first group we were kind of proving that Dave and I were smoking crack and didn't know what we are talking about when it came <laughs> to only using classic controls. Um, but at the same time, though, um, you know, in the second focus group, it was the other way around. More people played the classic controls than they did the dual stick controls. So I think to, to, to Dave and I, it made the most sense to, to get the widest audience range was to offer both right. and not penalize either for choosing either. You know, if you wanted to play in classic, yeah, you can. You know, you get the same special weapons and stuff, you know. Uh, if you're playing dual stick mode, you get, you know, the same options for the shield and stuff, you know. So it's literally just a control method choice, but we've done it in a way that it's, you're not going to an options menu and setting controls. You're literally choosing it when you choose your, your, your ship type and stuff and your uh, special weapon type and the type of shield you want to use. I mean, the, to me, the biggest thing is I can't play the game with the manual shield. But they <laughs> can't play the game with automatic shield. <laughs> you know how much I, I always forgot how how much I had shields, and I never even thought about it. Yeah, God damn yeah. it! I mean, when you go in, well, when you go into multiplayer mode and you try it, and you go because there is no automatic shield in multiplayer mode. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> and that, I think that was one of the other times that I started cursing your name. So just let you know, if your ears were hot at all, that's why. What? Well, what? What? When you're playing multiplayer. No, not when I was playing. Multi- I was trying to get people to play multiplayer. I mean, they wouldn't do it because they were in the middle of whatever they were playing. But uh, just oh, when I would, glad about that. I would die, and that. then I would remember, oh, I have shields. Son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> two weeks after we did those preview versions, we changed multiplayer. Oh, okay. <laughs> we went in and we went through all three uh, game modes and spent a lot of time just tweaking and polishing and altering and stuff. So, like, I think in the version you guys got. The race mode, you didn't really know you were in a race. In fact, you're just going around a, a track, if you like, oh. or a course. Whereas in the, it is now, it gives you lap counters and countdowns and everything, the checkered flag and everything, all sorts of stuff. Oh, cool. And 90% of that stuff was down to Doug and doing art stuff. I mean, Dave and I went home and on my Friday came out on a Monday and Doug and said, I've done new levels. Okay, what's different? Have a look. Oh, shit. Um, and it's literally just down to using the tools in the game and, and you know, using it to the best effect without any extra coding on it for the most part. Yeah, there is some extra coding in there, but the stuff that we had to do post Duggan's Pass on that, it was negligible in the grand scheme of things. Very cool. Well, yeah. I guess that's where this, this question is going to come from then. You mm. know, I've been playing this pre-beta for so long, and obviously a lot of things have changed. I mean... Do you guys have a release date yet, or even in a, like a window of opportunity that we might be getting the game? Hell yeah! Um, uh-huh. and that's kind of, yeah, oh yes. That's kind of the reason I've been 
I've been excited and and stuff on Twitter and things like this recently because we kind of got some good news last week. Um, now, obviously, you know, we're, we're recording this a few days early, but, yeah, you know, the, the, we were, I wanted to go into live with the announcement last Friday, which is the 13th, uh, until someone sort of suggested, well, let's not do that. Let's go with a global announcement at the same time uh, on Friday at 5 p.m. UK time, which I guess is 11 a.m. your time. Uh, and, and that reason is because we're actually launching the game in the States and in Europe um, on the 24th of November, which is Tuesday. Um, which Very is kind of cool. cool. We, we were originally going to do it so the game came out in the States on the 24th and then UK, although Europe on the 26th, because obviously in the States you guys have got Thanksgiving. So, right. So Sony shut down for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Whereas in Europe, we, we don't do that. We have a party, but only because we've got rid of you guys. Um, <laughs> you know, drinking. It's, it's, not, it's a regular every day occurrence. Anyway, so, um, you know, we, um, we decided to, well, Sony decided to basically bring the dates forward to the 24th, so we got global launch on the same day. Well, I say global, but, you know, uh, the US and, and Europe. Uh, so, yeah, in, in, in a little over four days, five days' time from now, that's It'll awesome. be unleashed on the masses and on the twenty fourth um, PlayStation Store date. It's actually nice, even nicer that it's coming out in Europe and the US at the same time for a change. Yeah, I mean, we, this is the thing. I mean, I think I don't know if it's down to us, particularly the team, or if it's down to Sony's pressures and working with them and stuff. But we've kind of since probably about oh, April May time, we've been doing. You know, simultaneous builds for all four territories we're releasing to, which is you know, U.S. or North America, including South America as well. Uh, um, also, you know, Europe, uh, Japan, and Korea and, and Hong Kong. Um, the only difference is that <clears throat> the, the, the Western editions, if you like, they're coming out first, and then the the, the Far East editions are coming out uh, mid mid late December. So, yeah. Oh, very nice. Mm, it's it's going to be kind of cool. Uh, I mean, right now this is only the PlayStation 3 version. The PSP version is going to be a little bit later, not too much later, we hope. Um, so, yeah. Well, do you have any, I guess, updates on the PSP one? I know it's a little bit it's a little bit farther behind than the PSN one, but, you know, any new yeah, news on that one? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the big thing which we've been... I mean, I kind of alluded to it in the last time we spoke, uh, but I didn't actually say what it was. Uh, but we're pretty chuffed, uh, which for our North American listeners is excited. Um, they're pretty chuffed that um, we've managed to get the editor working on the PSP. So you'll be able to edit your levels on the PSP and play them on your PSP and share them with friends. Nice. The, it is nice. Um, the only, I mean, the, because we are a PlayStation or PSN title on PS3 and PSP, um, the PSP edition, unfortunately, you won't be able to share your levels on PSN. Uh, just because the, the way the system works, it's not not that it's tough, but it's the the system was ever designed to be a PlayStation Network platform as such. Right. Um, so you know, the, the, for us to have a small scope title like Gravity Crash to you know fit into it, the kind of skills and features that a little big planet has for its sharing levels, it's not it's just not practical for us. Right. So what we're allowing you to do is basically is you'll save your levels to your memory stick, and then you can swap it or email it to your friends and stuff, and they can put it on their memory stick and. Where they go. Oh. I mean, we kind of envisage actually that maybe some, maybe some people out there might have set up a little portion of the website to have level sharing on it and stuff. Hmm. Maybe 
on it. I wonder who could do that. Huh. That'd be, that'd be kind of cool. Interesting. I wonder yeah. who has web space that could do that. actually glad to see that you have the editor on the PSP version. I know that was one thing that you were you were kind of worried about that it wasn't going to get added just for time's sake or whatever else and and well, um, I mean, the big thing was, was was would it actually work in the PSP? Right. Um, it's been designed for day one as PS3. And yeah, I, I, again it's it's right, you know, like our graphics aren't you know, they're not um it's not God of War 3. All right. You know, whatever, but it's what we do in editor, I mean, the, you've played it yourself on the PS3, you know, this, you can actually zoom out the camera completely and see the entire level you're editing pretty much. Yeah. If you've got a pretty packed level, you know, that's processing all that at one time, whereas when you're playing the game, it's only processing one screen's worth at a time, pretty right. much. You know, so, you know, there, there is some slow in the PS3 in editor, but not enough for anybody to worry about, but when you do it on the PSP, the thing's going to die and start smoking. So we, we've made some alterations to the editor. Uh, okay. not, not huge ones, but you, you can't zoom out as far, for example, you know, that sort of stuff. You can't place as many objects in the same space as you, as you could in the PS3. But, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Apart from that, it's fully Very usable cool. like the PS3 version is. Very cool. I can't wait to play mm. that one. I'm a PSP whore now. I have three of them. No, Why? Uh, oh, that's, I have that's, that's, that's why I said wrong, but why three? I can't send Evan two with a, a well, start just, and then, uh, then a go. But yeah, well, I just got to go, and and I'm using that for stuff. But I really like my three thousand, and I have a lot of uh, stuff on there. And then uh, I have a bunch of stuff I bought from the Japanese store, so I have my Japanese account on my PS or uh, my two thousand. So my two thousand has all that, and my three thousand I play all my UMD stuff, and on yeah. the go I have all my download stuff. Well, I'm, I'm seeing you holding my hand, a Japanese 1,000 wow. machine, which I imported for the crazy price of about $600. Yeesh. Yeah, and people complained PlayStation 3 was expensive. <laughs> also, I, I, I don't understand that whole thing of people bitching about the price for PlayStation 3. I mean, if you go back yeah. to when I was in games originally in the 80s, you'd buy a Commodore Amiga, it would cost, at the time, UK pounds, 600 pounds, which oh, is... Yeah. You know, it's a thousand dollars. You know, if oh, you yeah. ramp up inflation over the years, you're talking about two and a half, three thousand dollars. You know, but back in the 80s, nobody blinked at it. Oh, it's a computer, great! It does pretty horrible graphics. But you <laughs> bought it anyway, you know. And then out comes a PS3, which wipes your ass for you, and it's you know four hundred and twenty-five pounds. Right, yeah, a crazy price, but still, you know, four hundred pound mark. It's expensive, but it's not crazy expensive like people were whinging and bitching about but sorry I'm finished now <laughs> well I mean even when the 2600 came out man that was a couple hundred bucks and look what I you're getting today old. yeah uh, yeah right <laughs> seriously I think my first ever machine console I had so I missed the whole Atari thing out the 2600 2200 because 
I got a real computer then with keys on it and stuff. That was kind of cool. But I think before that, it was something in, in television or something. Uh, my first console was called the Fairchild Channel F. It was the first console to actually have uh, programmable cartridges. Okay. Yeah, it was before our Atari 2600. Like it, it was pretty funny. It actually... It kind of met with the aesthetic of, of the '70s, where it had like this uh, smoked plastic on top, and you could take it off and actually store a couple of your cartridges in the top. Right. Okay. <laughs> then, of course, the tar came along with its fake wood. Yeah, <laughs> with the fake wood grain. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my dad bought that Fairchild, and uh, we actually played it until it broke. And um, I think I have like seven 2600s in the house now. Jeez. Well, people just used actually, to give them to me. My my um my um my first instruction to computers. Well, my dad used to work for our company in the well, come back from the sixties. But when I went to his offices once in the seventies, mid seventies, I walked into a room and there's this this machine with paper cards inside it. Oh sure. Oh hell, yeah. So yeah, I'm old, older than time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um. I can't wait to get my hands on the full retail copy of Gravity Crash. I I'm just chomping at the bit to give this a, give this a go, uh, especially to see what you guys have changed. I mean, obviously, a lot's changed in the last month or two. I'm trying to think. I think we have swapped two of the systems around. I think three is now two, and two is now three. Oh, jeez, you're killing me. I think. Don't quote me. I might have happened the week before. I can't remember. It was much about the time we did the preview builds. We swapped those two around. <laughs> um, because we felt that one of them was harder than the other one. So I thought, let's switch, switch that shit around. So we switched it around. Um, more levels near the end have changed pretty much quite a bit. Uh, the bosses have all had a, an extra pass on them. So, nice. Yeah. And multiplayer, as I said, is a complete pass as well. Edison had a little bit of a pass too. Um, and of course, yeah. the months and months that you took to assign all the trophies, right? Oh, hell. Yeah, I mean, we spent... Oh, God, how long did we spend on that? <laughs> Actually, you, you, you joke, but we seriously, we started to come up with trophy lists back in February. Oh, my God. Um, and we didn't decide on a final trophy list until probably August. Wow. Um, we, went round the, we went around the houses like a few hundred times. Uh, we, had, we, we, had, we had a whole bunch of lists, uh, trophies. We had... We had what was one of the one one of the trophies which I I personally loved, but I was told we couldn't do because it's just just a pain in the ass. Was um, you could basically one of the homing missiles. Uh-huh. If you actually could uh, let it follow you and hit a power station, uh, one of the big ones, the fusion reactor ones. Wow! Um, and if you did that, then it, you got a trophy. Uh, and I was told well, we can do it technically, but there's no way for the, the building to actually know what hit it. <laughs> so, oh, okay. <laughs> You know, just sitting here thinking about that and how that would be that would be maddening trying to get that one. There are a couple of maddening ones. Oh, um, we've got I think we've got four secret ones in there. Yeah. Um, and one of them is a real doozy, <laughs> a real doozy. But it's 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 kind of cool as well when you do it for the first time because when you start this thing, this process going on to do, you can just, so I think you can do it the first time you come across this this particular weapon that's going to or this enemy. So you can do it any time you come across this thing. But right. when it happens and you start seeing it happen properly and you follow the full sequence, you just think, oh, that is really cool. Because <laughs> I, I, actually, the first time that I came across this, before we even did the trophy for it, I was just playing the game and I was like, uh, Dave, 
did that just do what I think you did? And he went, what was that? And told me, like, yeah, that's, that's what it's meant to do. So, oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's what it's cool. Uh, and the gig inside me got hyper-excited. Yes. You're killing me. Well, let's see what's next. Well, and, and luckily, you know, we've we've got the Thanksgiving... Uh, you know the extra days off to to start just kicking into the year with with uh, well that's, that's what I like you know, the, the fact that the UK version has been flipped forward a couple of days as well it means yeah. we've got nine days between PlayStation Store dates. Well, you know, I'm hoping maybe the Wednesday before Thanksgiving I can sneak out of work a little early too. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'll just be working. <laughs> you guys just be up and eat turkey. Well, just think about us throwing your tea in the harbor and mm, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, uh, I'll let you get to bed. I know it's late, and uh, <laughs> I'm sure we could sit here all night and talk because we do it all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah. sir, it's always fun to have you on, and I, I hope you do it again soon. And uh, you know, when, when you get close to the PSP release, definitely let me know, and uh, we'll, we'll try to get back on here and talk about it a little bit. Cool. Cool. I'll be there. All right. We'll get get some sleep, sir, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, uh, there we go. Next Tuesday, right before Thanksgiving, Gravity Crash on the PSN in Europe and the U.S. and uh, a couple other places as well. Uh, we still don't have a price. He was hoping he could get me a price today before uh, we put the show out, but I have not heard anything. So uh, he he was going between a couple different prices, working with Sony on it, and he didn't have it nailed down yet. So uh, there you go. But oh, so excited! We can play for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, Come it's home, good play stuff. Gravity Crash. Yeah. Man, I just love this game. I do. I, I honestly, truly love this game. So I just don't want to overhype it. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't worry, right. I'll be there to undermine you. Yeah, well, you, like you ever play games. That's true. All right. Well, uh, I got to figure. I got to figure out some way to like explain to you the Gravity Crash. You can like get a plus twenty against dragons or something, then you'll play it. <laughs> I like Gravity Crash. I played the the pre release that we've got. Yeah. It's changed a lot, it's apparently. A so I, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear the full soundtrack, too. I just love the soundtrack. Uh, all right, well, let's take a break, because I need a beer. And uh, when we come back, a shitload of reviews, guys. A shitload of reviews. Shitload.
Okay, we are back. Beers are full. <laughs> Headphones are on. Uh, late breaking news, actually. Well, by Friday you'll hear about this, but uh, Andrew Yoon just posted a um, an article up on Joystick, and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment has finally debuted the first batch of Blu-ray discs that take advantage of digital copy for PSP. Hey, hey! Mm-hmm. With this feature, people that own both a PS3 and a PSP will be able to copy a portable version of the movie directly from the Blu-ray disc to Sony's handheld. Well, almost directly. And I'm reading this verbatim, by the way. Uh, there are a few steps you must take to activate the PSP copy. When you insert the Blu-ray disc into the PS3, you will see two icons appear on the XMB. One that allows you to store an SD version of the movie to your PS3 hard drive. That's pretty badass. Uh, you will be logged. You, you must be logged onto the PlayStation Network and then enter a unique 12-digit code included with the disc. Uh, once the activation process is complete, a 2 gigabyte file will transfer to your PS3. You can watch this movie on the hard drive, but why would you want to when you have the Blu-ray disc? That's true. Uh, or you can copy it over to the PSP, a process which takes about five minutes total. The video quality of the digital copy is fantastic, especially on the PSP's smaller screen. Unfortunately, <laughs> this sucks. Unfortunately, the initial backup batch of movies leaves a lot to be desired. Godzilla, the <laughs> 1998 American version. God Ooh. damn it. The Ugly Truth uh, and Angels Angels and Demons, which I thought was actually decent. Uh, hopefully, they will start implementing the feature on some you know good movies in the future. So there you go. Thanks to Andrew for posting that. About <laughs> effing time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. announced that how long ago? Yeah, no kidding. So right before Extra Life, I uh, contacted a couple of headset uh, manufacturers because we've had a lot of emails over the last few months, like asking, you know, what what headset should I get, that kind of thing. And we actually were sent a Triton A sixty A three sixty last year, AX three sixty last year. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we tried it out and everything, but it was essentially made for the 360. There's no real good voice chat option, et cetera, et cetera. So talked to somebody at Triton, talked to somebody at Turtle Beach, and they, they both sent over uh, a headset for us to try out that we could talk about. We got the Turtle Beach Air Force P21, which retails for $79.99. And we got the Triton Technologies. Uh, this is a Best Buy exclusive, the AX720, which retails for $129.99. It's funny because we were going to switch these up at Extra Life, and I ended up using the Turtle Beach for the entire <laughs> st- entire thing. Yeah, um, who but was I, using the seven twenties? It was hooked up to Jesse's PS3. So, uh, oh yeah, I think she used, used them. She used them. Nine Volt used them, and Revy used them. Uh, and I actually have them here. Yeah. I played for a couple nights here with them, and, yeah. and I've actually got quite. A and I used those previous to Extra Life. Right. First off, I mean they have a lot of similarities. They're they're both. Both of them are, are actually only stereo headsets when you think about the hardware. They only have one speaker in each ear. Uh, they both come with a microphone. Both work right out of the box of the PS3, including voice chat. They both use a, a USB system for voice chat. What's different about them is that the Triton actually has a breakout box that you run a uh, an optical cable into, and it simulates 5.1 Dolby Digital uh, through the two speakers. The Turtle Beach... Which actually worked. Uh, I think this is why I kept them on my PS3 all all during Extra Life. The Turtle Beach actually used the composite RCA cables for for stereo sounds, so the white and the white and red cables that you get out of your PS3. So mm-hmm. you plug them in, and then they have a pass through so that you can run it to your stereo still or whatever else. And that's actually how I ran the audio on the stream the whole time. I had them running through these headphones. 
I guess I'll just go over the Turtle Beach first because I, I honestly used them for 24 hours straight. Uh, I really <laughs> liked them. Uh, they're 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 great. It has a little box that you can. It's got a clip. You can you know you clip it to your shirt or whatever. Um, no breakout box though, so it goes right to the system. Uh, you can get a little Y adapter for the PC to get the audio to it, and it's just USB audio for uh, voice. Now what I like what I like about this one, and actually the Triton does the same thing essentially, but the voice system is actually separate in this. So you plug the USB in for your voice and it returns the audio via USB as well. So you can actually adjust the volume of the chat separately from the, the volume of the game. And the Triton does the same thing. So both are great in that respect. The one thing that really blew my mind with the Turtle Beach is the bass response on these things. It, it yeah. seriously felt like they were pushing away from your head. You were getting such clean bass. It's got a little what's called an expander, which is a DSP that that is supposed to make it kind of simulate surround sound. It worked pretty well, but I got a lot of hiss when I was doing that, so mm-hmm. there was a lot of white noise. Um, but I mean, seriously, I was playing Uncharted Two with it. I was playing Killzone Two. I was playing every everything. I was anything I was playing on that PS3 for 24 hours. I was using these Turtle Beach headset, and it never got uncomfortable. They're, they fit really well. They sounded really well. The voice chat on the thing was perfect. <clears throat> I mean, for eighty bucks, they were they were great. Now you said you used them now, right? Yep. Yeah, I was using them this week. Well, do you want me to go over those now, or should I go over the? Well, yeah, let's talk about those first, and then we'll go on to the Tritons. Okay. I didn't get as much time with these as I did with the Tritons, but I actually really like these. Now, like you said, there's no little amp breakout box thing for it, so it plugs directly into the PS3 or whatever. And what I actually ended up doing was plugging it directly into my receiver, because my receiver has a good headphone setting. Right. So I just, you know, use the adapter thingy to plug a headphone jack into it and plug it right in. And that worked really great. Um, now these aren't like true surround, you know, it's simulated. Right. And uh, honestly, you can't tell the difference that much. The, the sound separation is extremely well done. Yeah. Um, I, I had some Sennheisers, I think it was the HD 555s for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And those were kind of the same thing where there were stereo headphones, but they did a good job simulating surround sound. And I think these honestly do a better job than those did simply because like they're they're really built to do it more. And the sound that comes out of them is really, really clean. Um, the only thing that's not, though, is the background hiss. And I got the, you know, you're right. When you turn the expander mode on, there's a lot of background hiss. But even when you don't, there's a little bit. Yeah. Uh, once, you're in a, once you're in a game or whatever and there's sound playing, you don't notice it at all. But when it's quiet, you'll, it's definitely there. And I actually had a cheap pair of surround headphones that I bought a long time ago that had the whole box and everything. And those right. had like a notoriously bad background hiss. Yeah. So this is like nothing. This isn't nearly what those were because that was it, like constantly there. Even the one but, with the expander no. never bothered me. I mean, it, it would just bother you yeah. when, when like the, the, it was loading or something like that where you had no, nothing really going on. Yeah, and uh, the expander mode I ended up really not using because I thought the sounds were actually sharper and clearer with it off. That's it actually really seem, what I was doing, too. Yeah, it didn't add that much for me. It kind of muddied the sound a little bit, in my opinion, especially with an extra hiss to it. Uh, I didn't get a chance to try the, the microphone on it. I didn't do anything multiplayer, but it is kind of nice that it's got the, the cable right there for USB to plug right into your PS3. 
Yeah, and, and then it's and got actually, the little volume switch the, box. I kept asking people during Extra Life how the microphone sounded, and everybody said it was cr- crystal clear. You can actually test it. You know, when you go set up your audio device in the PS3, you can test it. And OmniLaw has one of these, and he was actually the one really telling me about it. And I was playing a game with him, and I couldn't believe how good the microphone sounded on these P21s. And yeah, it's so crystal clear. And and the cool thing also with the P21 is this is the the headset that Turtle Beach makes. That's geared towards the PS3 and the PC. But these are the ones that, if you want something just out of the box for PS3, these are the ones that Turtle Beach makes that, that you want to get. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And uh, my my final comment on, on them is really is they're extremely comfortable. Yeah. Now, like, I wear glasses, and most of the other headphones I use, after I wear them for a couple hours, they really start to, like, you know, pinch the end of my glasses behind my ears a little bit and the headphones are big, so they tend to get heavy, but I never felt that with these, like they're lightweight, they're beautifully designed and cushioned. So it never felt like it was pinching my head when I have a big head. (laughs) Yes, you do. That's what Uh, she said. (laughs) So let's go on to the, the Tritons, what we call the Buck Rogers headset. Uh, cause they're big and they're white and with red, you know, red. They do look like Buck Rogers headset, but straight uh, out of '70s sci-fi. Yeah, but they're but they're <laughs> they're very nice. So, uh, well, why don't you get started yeah. on that? Because you've probably used them. I've used them a lot, but you used them the most, you know, before I did. Yeah. Now these have like the whole little amplifier. What is it like a decoder? It's a box? breakout box. It's called uh, yeah. where you run the optical cable right into it, and it actually does the Dolby Digital decoding for you. Right, and that means this also needs to be powered, so you're going to have to have a like a plug, an extra plug nearby to plug them in, which isn't really a bad thing. And uh, the actual headset themselves um, have an extremely long cord, so you can have this like sitting next to your PS3, and you'll have no problem getting it, getting the headset to you. Yeah, uh, it's got the USB port on the little breakout box to plug in for the microphone, and then everything else is like right through the headphones. Also, um, it comes with an optical cable. It's not a great one, but it comes with an optical cable, so yeah. you're actually ready to go right out of the box with this one, too. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Let's see. These were simulated, too, right? These aren't actual... They're they're just two speakers, so one speaker on each side. Yeah. They're simulated. Yeah. And it, it did a good job, though. I thought like the surround sound sounded pretty good. It did better um, than, the, than the Turtle Beach for the surround effect, by far. I think it did. Like, it, I think the separation was better. Not yes. by a whole lot. But uh, you can definitely like if you have them both and you kind of put them on e- each other, you'll notice it's it's it does a better job and there's less white noise, there's less hiss than you got out of the Turtle Beach. Yeah, well, there's like almost no. I didn't really notice any yeah. hiss at all with these, and yeah, I think that's an, another advantage of having the breakout box. Yeah, and like you said, like you know, decoding it in there is actually helping a lot, and you know, it does separate the sound better. I didn't think the difference was that huge between the two. Well, you have to remember, but, I mean, you're getting a digital signal here with the Turtle Beach. You're actually using analog. That's true. That's and that's true. why the bass is so good through the Turtle Beach, is is you actually mm-hmm. get a really good bass out of an analog signal. So, Yeah. Yeah, these didn't have as much bass to them. But, I mean, frankly, I don't necessarily want that much bass in my headphones. Right. So it didn't really bother me. But, yeah, you know, if people want bass-heavy stuff, maybe these aren't the right ones for them. But they do work really well. Um, I didn't try the microphone on these either, but that's more of a byproduct of me not playing that many multiplayer games that require a microphone. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, these, on the other hand, like, they were comfortable, but after a few hours, like, they did start to pinch my ears, my glasses a bit. Mm. And 
while they're not the heaviest headphones I've ever used, after using them for an extended period of time, they my neck did start to get a little tired and sore. Hmm. So that, that's something to keep in mind if you're going to be planning to use these for an extended gaming session. Um, if that's nothing that's ever bothered you before using really big headphones, then you probably don't have to worry about it with these either. Yeah, I, I actually didn't have too much of a problem, but I did notice that they're tighter on your head no matter what. Um, yeah. But at the same time, they lock out a lot more of the, the ambient noise, which I kind of liked. But the first game I, I put in there, I, I put Uncharted 2 in right away, and that was the first game I played with these. And, you know, right away I got that, that nice simulated surround sound, and, and, and the separation's really, really good. I think it's padded really well. It's comfortable, but it is tighter, like I said. Uh, the microphone... The microphone is kind of an not a, I don't want to say an issue. I think the microphone's actually the biggest downside of the headset even though it's a great package all around. The the microphone is it's kind of in the swivel which is kind of weird to begin with. It just doesn't feel right, but uh there was a little bit of a hiss. It was picking up a lot of background noise, so I actually had to mm. down the volume of the microphone and and the PS3 it was picking up everything. So I, I had to go in and turn the volume down and then it was fine. But the the other cool thing I like about this is that the breakout box actually has two plugs. So if if a friend of yours yeah. has a headset as well, they can plug that in and, and you can run two of them off the same breakout box. I thought that was kind of neat. Now, but, will it work with any headset that's got that plug configuration? Because I never did try it because I've got two other surround headsets. I've got the one I'm the cheap one I mentioned before, and I've got the uh, Triton AX three sixties, which have a similar little like plug thing on them but i yep. never did try to plug both in that'll probably work just because it, i think that's a triton thing yeah so yeah the, the 360s they just don't make anymore and that's why we didn't want to include it in the in the review proper right I and mean, those 360s are actually 5.1 surround and everything else yeah but. i would they're higher end and oh, yeah. like the breakout box is half the size of the one on the 720 like you said they're yeah. true 5.1 the problem is they were really made for the 360 so yeah. While you can easily plug the headset in to use on a 360, there's no real way to plug it in on a PS3. So, I mean, there's ways around it. Like, I can use my PS3i microphone, you know, right. it's like the mic, or just set up my official PS3 mic as, like, a boom mic or whatever you want to do. <laughs> um, but those, I think, have better sound. Like, my gripe with those, like, I think the actual headphone design and fit is better on the 720s because the 360s are big, they're heavy, and for whatever reason they're really loose. Like I have a I do have a big head and they're loose on me. Like if I lean forward or back too far, they'll slip off my head. Wow. And I yeah, there's no good way to tighten them, but like I said, they're not available anymore. Nah. Um but they're they're also really good headphones and so are these though and they're not the highest end of headphones you can get, but if you're looking for a good pair that can do surround or at least simulate it really well, you, you really can't go wrong with either one of these. Yeah, I think both of these are... It's funny, we were kind of... Well, originally we were trying to get Astro Gaming involved as well. Um, they're more of the higher end, where I think they're like 200 bucks, And uh, they they declined for whatever reasons, for their reasons. But we were going to try to do like a big showdown with three different headsets. And you know, we got down to these two, and there's a $50 difference in them. And, and really, the question you have to ask yourself is, is the sound that much better on the... Uh, triton to to you know be worth the extra 50 bucks personally i like surround sound i mean the, the there's some games that are even 7.1 when you put them on onto uh receivers 
personally, I would go for the Tritons just because the surround, the, the simulated surround is extremely well done. And, mm-hmm. but the, at the same time, I proved that I was very comfortable with the, with the Turtle Beach as well. I mean, I honestly, you know, 24 hours I played with those things and I never had a problem with them whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where can you afford the 130 bucks to get like the cleaner, it, it is cleaner sound too, but to, to yeah. get the simulated surround that actually works with the, with really good movement and everything else. I think both have a great microphone. Both fit really well, uh, although like, like we've both said, the Tritons are a little bit tighter. But they're both great headsets in my mind, and it's 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 one of those things where if you only have the eighty bucks, go get the Turtle Beach, and you're going to be extremely happy. Yeah. I know Omnilaw had a problem with the Turtle Beach with the clip. He said that it broke pretty easily on him, but they replaced it. So, oh, that's good. W- word of warning. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, the Turtle Beach, or I mean, the Triton does a lot of the same stuff. It has a different uh, volume for the voice, where it has a different volume for the game, that kind mm-hmm. of thing, and also it has a little. I think it actually comes with the kit for 360, and in that clip that you have on on the Triton, you can actually plug it into there for uh, your voice chat on the 360. So both will work with all three configurations, PC, PS3, and and 360. Uh, Both, obviously, I think work a little bit easier with the PS3 because you don't have to use a little kit to, to get it to work like with the 360. But yeah, I they're both really good, and they're both worth the money in my mind. I I honestly yeah, don't I think see so a winner too. here. Yeah, I think they're both I'm, great. If we're going to like really bring money into the the equation, I think I'm going to give a slight edge to the Turtle Beach ones just because you know, yes, the Tritons are a little higher end and the sound is a little bit better like and especially because it's digital. But I think, you know, the Turtle Beaches are cheaper and as long as you can put up with a little bit of background hiss, I I actually kind of liked them better just because they were so comfortable. Yeah. You know, and they I'm are. not to knock the, not to knock the Tritons because they were really good and you know, it's just like after I don't think I wore the Turtle Beaches as long as I did the Tritons, but I didn't have nearly like the discomfort problems I did and and I'm not trying to say, you know, it's like, oh my god, I got to tear these things off my head. It's more like, you know, I'm sitting there zombified playing a game and when I like <laughs> turn my head after a while, I'm like, oh man, my neck is actually a little sore. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 that's the thing. I, I actually like the I like the build of the mic on the on the Turtle Beach a little bit more cuz it's got like this flex tubing on it. But mm-hmm. essentially they're both I would be more than happy with either of these. Literally, I, yeah. I yeah, because I, I, I was playing with the Tritons like, shit, are we supposed to pick one? Because I don't think I can. And, and that's essentially yeah. what I said, you know. And, and uh, I think money is what it could, could probably come down to. Like, if you're not that yeah. picky about the technology involved and how clean the sound is, sound is like, go for the, the Turtle Beach. And if you want something a little higher end with, you know, a little bit cleaner sound, probably go for the Tritons. Yeah. And in my mind, are the Tritons fifty dollars worth fifty dollars more? Yeah, I, I do think that. I think they give you enough in the package that it's worth the fifty bucks more if you have the money. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think so. So our thanks, our sincere thanks to Triton and to Turtle Beach uh, for getting us units to, to try out. These uh, they're both great, and and I'm sure we'll be talking about them again and again because uh, I'll actually be using. I'm going to try the Tritons out at my land party this weekend. Ah, nice. Yeah, I'm going to use them on my PC, so we'll see how that goes, too. Yeah, and, like, personally, I'll stick probably stick with my AX360s, um, just because, you know, I got them, and they're true 5.1, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> what can you do? 
yeah so uh our yeah like i said our thanks to those guys and uh you know, hopefully if they bring a new unit out, we can get a hold of it and give it a try and, and let you guys know. I, I know there's a lot of people out there that, that listen to the show that um, use gaming headsets a lot. I, I know Revy, mm-hmm. you know, Revy can't say a sound. <laughs> yeah. He has to be like a little mouse once uh, once the little lady goes to bed. So we know there's a lot of people out there that use gaming headsets, and, and we wanted to try to do our best to get you guys some info. And, and uh, yeah. we tried the Tritons. Triton was all over the place at E3. They they were at the Sony booth on every single kiosk. So I definitely wanted to to get them in the loop because obviously they played well with Sony products. Yeah, you know I do like the Buck Rogers look to the 720s too. They're just you got to see them. They do look very like old school sci fi. Where the Turtle Beach, I mean, they look like headphones. <laughs> but yeah, the the Tritons just have this like thick plastic white shell around them. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was funny that we all started calling the Buck Rogers headset, though. It was yeah. Funny. <laughs> so, all right. So well, is the, is the Triton AX Pro pretty much the equivalent of the 360 now? Yeah, the AX Pro is pretty much what you have on the 360s, except they work with all three systems like well now. Uh, the AX yeah. Pro is four, eight speakers, actually. It's four in each ear. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, it's it's essentially what the 360 is. It's just in this new style, and they've kind of bumped things up a little bit. I, I went and read up on it. So, you know, they, they got different price levels, but I, I it's nice. I think we I think we got really lucky with the two units that we got, because I think we got that sweet spot where you're not getting a headset that costs almost as much as your console. Yeah. And I think for performance-wise, for what you're paying, I think... Honestly, I think these are a great price point for what you're getting. So, yeah, totally I, I think we got really lucky this time. Yeah, and, you know, big thanks to both Triton and Turtle Beach for sending us those. Big ups, yo. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, my really quick review of Modern Warfare 2, I mean, what can I say? Uh, number one, I was on the post-game report this week talking to JVB and uh, and Sugar Free, or as I like to call him, Sugar Bear. And which I think is a better name, and, uh, <laughs> and he's gonna hate me forever. Um, I was on there. We talked for, about it for quite a while. You know, uh, I have not tried the Spec Ops yet, but uh, I'm about halfway through the single player. Single player is all right. It, it's it's not as good as Cut Four. It's a Michael Bay movie. Like sure, it's it threw me off though because I played through Modern. War- I played most of Modern Warfare, the first one, and I played through uh, World at War and. You know, for a video game, they're still somewhat grounded in reality. But this one, it's just way out there, like two dudes taking down a base and escaping on their snowmobiles. I mean, this would make like a great G.I. Joe game. Seriously. <laughs> Anything could but, be better than the G.I. Joe game that came out last year that you played. Well, true. But, you know, it's just, it, it's so far out there. And I'm not saying it's not fun. And it, it is totally a Michael Bay movie. But yeah, yeah. it's not exactly what I expected. And it is, it's just a spectacle. It's like one spectacle after another. And sure. Oh, yeah. I haven't played that far. I played through the controversial level. Nah. And I got a little bit beyond that. I'm sorry, but that was fucking lame. And not, I mean, uh, they it was there it. to set up a story. And, and I, I understood where they were coming from. I think the, I think the whole controversy <laughs> is just dumb and ridiculous. But I mean, the way it could that have that, been, no, they did it for the controversy. It could have been oh, handled sure. in a cutscene. It sure. easily could have been handled in a cutscene. There was no reason to do that. Yeah, but they don't really do and a lot I'm not, of cutscenes in that in these games. The only reason they use cutscenes is yeah. for load screens. But they could just do it on the load screen and show like newspaper clippings and yeah, stuff like that. It's feel, like, ooh, you see how evil this any, guy is? Huh? But you didn't get huh? any emotional huh? response when you were doing that scene? 
Not really. I thought it was lame. <laughs> really? Because, I mean, I honestly, when I started first shooting, and everybody knows what we're talking about, but when I was first shooting, I actually kind of felt like, whoa, this doesn't feel right. I on, I swear to God, I did. Now, Martin just tweeted, he said he laughed through the whole thing. So yeah, there you I, go. I opened fire right away. Sure. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that guy's like still said, moving. <laughs> you don't you don't buy this game for the single player. I'm sorry, you don't. No. Uh, no, but I, I, I like think they hours. threw that in there just to to get media attention from the controversy. Oh, I really do. Yeah, because you know they needed a lot of attention. Yeah, I, um, I think it was lame. Yeah, so the multiplayer, and I'll just go over it real quick. Like I said, yeah, I haven't touched the multiplayer there. yet. There's tons of reviews. What I'm going to tell you is nothing different. And we, you know, we all all been playing, and I was very vocal at my pissed offness, if that's even a word anymore. Uh, about the party system not working the first few days, and it didn't. The party system was literally broken. Then they tried to slough it off and say it was Sony's fault. Blah, 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 blah. They finally fixed it Friday, and party system works perfectly now. So online's working great. Working just as good as COD 4, if not better, in my opinion. Um, they've obviously loosened things up on it, but essentially the same types of modes. Uh, the new perk system I actually like quite a bit. I like that they only have one grenade now, that kind of thing. It's enough of a change to bring you back. I think there's a lot of maps. Uh, the maps are really good. They're much bigger. Uh, there's one map that's close to shipment, but not really. Uh, so you're not going to have any really close quarters insanity like you had before. The gameplay's a little bit different. You can't really use a submachine gun as much as you could before. You know, my favorite weapon's the P90, and I still use it, but... Oh, the maps are just bigger, and you know they they kind of use that mechanic to help alleviate these the spawn problems from COD Four, where you, you knew exactly where people were going to spawn, that kind of thing. And I'm, I don't know if I'm really happy with the with the size of the maps. Totally, I I do like it, but sometimes I'm like oh, I kind of wish I was back in COD Four. But I I really like this game. It's going to take a lot of my time up, just like COD Four did. I really don't have any complaints. I, I, I'm very happy with it. I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, we we have a lot of VG Evo peeps on, which is great. I, I've never gotten on where I don't have somebody to play with. I love the fact that we can join people that are already in a game, unlike COD 4. So if you see somebody in there, and it's all integrated with the X and B now. <clears throat> so That's cool. You go, yeah, you can go to your friends list, and you can say that they're, see that they're in a game, and you can if you hit triangle on it, it'll say if, you're, if they're in a match that you can join, it'll say you want to join the match. Boom, you're in. Uh, you do invites. It's actually cross game invites. I was in an, I was in a uh, a PSN game, and somebody invited me to a game. I went to the messaging, hit join, took me out of that, and I already had the disc in the system. Took me out of that game I was playing right into COD or Modern Warfare Two. Boom, it was up. That's pretty cool. So it's hmm. there, and, and like I've uh, we've said it time and time again, cross game invites has been in the software a long time. It's up to the developers to use it. Yeah. So. It works. It works very well. Uh, invite system works great. Party system works great. I'm very, very happy. So it, it'll take a lot of my time, and it was definitely worth the 60 bucks. Fortunately, I paid nice. 150 because I had to get the my first night vision goggles. <laughs> and how are those? They work. <laughs> they work. Um, they, they're actually better than I thought they'd be. Uh, nice. the, the view screen's kind of small. There's a couple things that you can like go to black and white or green. You know, uh, There's a lot of knobs in it that don't work. And but they work. I mean, you know, the, the, I almost killed myself walking around the house with them. But you know, there's no depth perception. Apparently, even the really expensive ones, there's really no depth perception with them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, That's I funny. was like trying to put my feet out, like okay, all right. And then yeah, almost took a digger. So 
They're neat. <laughs> They're up on the head now. We're all going to bring them into work next week and put them on our desks. So <laughs> Nice. Yeah, we talked about that oh, today. Oh, We're, oh. You going to bring yours in? You going to bring yours in? Yeah, I'll bring mine in. Yeah. So, no, it's a great game. <laughs> and if I was going to give it a letter grade, and, and this is a total fanboy grade, it's definitely an A. It is. I mean, simply for the multiplayer. And I think Spec Ops on top mm-hmm. of the multiplayer makes it a great game. Uh, I've heard nothing but good about the Spec Ops, even though it's very easy, apparently. But, uh, cool. you know, it adds enough to it. But, uh, you know, you go up to level 70 now, and it's just more of a good thing. Although I do yeah. hope, and I don't think it'll ever happen, but I really wish Infinity Ward in like a month or two or whatever would release a map pack of all the maps from the old game, from COD 4. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be awesome. But they said that they were trying the maps and testing, and they didn't work, and blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Meh. <clears throat> Bring them on, assholes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I actually do want to try the multiplayer in this. I've been trying to get used to the frag effects, like I said, so I haven't bothered yet. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if I'll end up doing that. I'll probably just use the controller. Um, but I like what I've been hearing about the multiplayer where, you know, I'm terrible at FPS games. I'm not going <laughs> to sugarcoat that. But I like what they've been saying about there's, like, extra perks you get, like, when you die a lot. You know, like, helping you out a little bit if you suck, like I do. So, I don't know. I think it actually sounds fun. I'd like to give it more of a shot than I did with uh, uh, COD4 and World I, at War. I'm trying to think. Cause, I mean, you were actually decent at Killzone 2 Online. You were. Yeah, I mean, for just starting out, you were actually decent. Nah. I'm trying to think if you would be better at Killzone 2 or COD or Modern Warfare 2, and that's the the real question. The nice thing about Modern Warfare 2 is it, it eases you in, and, and COD 4 did the same thing. Um, it only lets you play a deathmatch, team deathmatch in one other mode, and you kind of have to build yourself up, and you actually progress pretty quickly in this game as well. But uh, yeah. you have to learn the mechanics. You know, you get to the creative class, and you, you find your you find your groove, and you stick with it. I mean. There's three weapons that I stuck with in COD 4. The P90, the M16, and the G3. And So I just built up these classes around it, and then I had two other classes for the certain maps that that required them. And and just learning how to use the tools, learning how to use the new perks, finding your groove in that game, and then then just kicking ass. So, But it requires... Porgo got his groove back. Yeah, but it requires reflexes, and you don't really have any of those. No. It's all those damn RPGs. They've ruined you. (laughs) <laughs> so uh no you know what my problem is with like first person shooters it's not the lack of reflexes it's and uh, you know this just comes with playing first person shooters but it's something i've never gotten used to it's like third person like uh uncharted and stuff like i'm not great at uncharted 2 multiplayer but i don't think i'm that bad either right but it's third person so you can see more around you where you know first person you have to rely a lot on the audio cues of everything you can't see that's outside of your vision. And like, I'm really bad at that. Like if I'm getting shot from behind or something, like I get too disoriented trying to like turn around and figure out <laughs> what I'm doing. And like, I just try to run away, which never really works. Run away! Um, but you know, that's just one of those things you get used to playing FPS games and I just don't play them enough. Right. And I think that's what it is. It's, it's yeah. So no, it, it's more of a good thing and, and it, it's worth the money and, and they definitely, I think they made enough improvements that it's worth it. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't need to talk anymore about it. It's Modern Warfare 2. Everybody's got it already. Christ, they made $555 mm-hmm. million in seven days. <laughs> oh, Activision. Bobby yeah. Kotick's got a new solid gold sauna in his <laughs> office. Oh, and now, you, I don't know if you heard today, the LA Times reported that uh, Activision has now gotten a third studio to start making Call of Duty games. Jesus Christ. And they're talking well, about an MMO. They- 
they released uh, the zombie mode from World at War on iPhone. Yeah, and I heard it sucks. Really? Yeah, See, there was a I, review up today. I'm kind of sad they didn't put the zombie mode in this one. I know it was, uh, well, it was Treyarch. Treyarch that, yeah. yeah. But still, you know, they're borrowing each other's stuff, kind of. I kind of wish they'd put it in, because I liked that mode. It was cool. I, got, I actually got bored with zombie mode really quick. <laughs> You're a tough. Anyway, all right. Well, on to the next one, which you picked up today, uh, God of War Collection. Uh, thanks to Sony for getting us this ahead of time. It's really damn good. It's 40 bucks. <laughs> it it's always two, was. <laughs> yeah, it's two great games. But it's it's kind of cool. It, it's not... We had somebody on Twitter today say, well, I don't know, I've I've got God of War 1 and 2 on PS PS2, and I've got a, a 60 gig backward compatible PS3, I can do the upconverting. This kills the upconverting. It, it's... Oh, yeah. They actually brought the code in and cleaned it all up. It runs at this, like, half 1080i. It's really weird, but there's no aliasing in, the, in these games at all. I mean, it's it's so smooth, and it's hmm. a solid, solid 60 frames per second, and... They remix the sound to be in surround, and nice. it's the same games, but it's just like I was telling somebody the other day. It's like if, if they did the game on a PlayStation two point five. It's hmm. just it's so it's it's like the remastered director's cut of of a, a great game, you know. And yeah. so here's the weird parts about it: uh, the first God of War I played. I'm about three fourths of the way through, according to Game Facts, because I went on there <laughs> to see how far I was. The movies, the the cutscenes, they didn't do anything with them. So the game looks really good, and then they go to the cutscenes, and they're like these old, crappy 480p cutscenes. I mean, they're still good, but I mean, the 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 difference in quality is pretty funny. Um, (laughs) I don't know what else to say, but it's kind of cool because oh, apparently PS3 firmware 3.10 is live because everybody's tweeting it to us. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, let me just retweet that. Okay, yay, Facebook. So Facebook, ah! it, it, it's God of War though. It, it, it's God of War, and it's just really clean and really good looking. Mm-hmm. And and there's no there's there's no graphical glitches anymore. It's just it's it's so good. Uh, yeah. God of War Two looks better. I mean, it, it it always did on the PS2 as well, but it looks really good uh, on this collection. Uh, the movies hold up better. I think the movies were mastered better. And uh, the surround, there was a couple of instances uh, early on where the voices were in the back channels and stuff, but they do a really good job on the surround sound with it on, on both games. For 40 bucks, you're getting an incredible collection. And, and the thing is, the first thing I said when I started playing God of War, I, I actually yelled it out of my house. Like, I want Shadow of the Colossus like this. So yeah. bad. If they could clean up well, Shadow of the Colossus and, and clean up the frame rate on that game and bring it over like this, oh my god, that game would sell I agree. so well. And like we said in the Ratchet and Clank interview, you know, it'd be really cool to have like the Ratchet games in a compilation like that too. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think it's too far out of the realm of possibility that if this sells well, you know, they'll look at doing stuff like that. So yeah. if you want to see other games, it may be worthwhile buying this, you know. We don't know anything, but I mean, if you if you're but, uh, not a God of War fan, this is not going to change your mind. It's not. No, but if, but you if you've God never played them before, which yeah. actually it seems like there's a lot of people who haven't, do totally buy it. I mean, forty bucks for both of these. Like, if you don't own them on PS2 and you want to play them, there's no reason not to buy this. Yeah. And and the if other you thing already is, have... this is a great way to find out if you're going to like God of War three. I mean, oh yeah, it's it's forty bucks for two games compared to sixty bucks for one game when that comes out. Uh, I think this is. 
Man, especially God of War 2, just all, actually one has two, but they redid the shadowing and the lighting and everything in it too. And mm-hmm. it's just a lot more dynamic now. And wow, I mean, fully, fully widescreen now. Uh, it allows you to fill the screen so there's no black border all the way around. Uh, just, man, I'm really impressed with it for, and don't forget two full sets of trophies and two platinums. Yeah. And, and one of the trophies is like impossible to get. It's like go up this tower without being touched or something. And oh, Rubenstein basically said, yeah, good luck. Huh. So I bet Goffy can get it. Yeah. Goffy's the God of War uh, king, I think. So Goffy yeah. of War. again, not much to say. <laughs> it, it's, it's a solid game. Boy, a letter grade for two great games already. I mean, it's obviously an A. It's, hasn't added anything yeah. in terms of features, but at the same, actually it did. You get some God of War Two features that are right in the XMB, which is kind of cool. Uh, oh, nice. Some, some behind the scenes stuff on God of War Two, but they're they're two great games and they're more polished now. So they're actually I mean, they better were than they were before. Two of the PS2's best games, and yeah. yeah, like you said, they're they're better now. So how can you go wrong with that? Yeah, you really can't. Especially, I mean, if you already I mean, own if you own the other the original two and you don't really care about playing through them again or playing them in HD if you're fine with how they play on your PS2 or PS3 or backwards compatibility, then no, this isn't for you. Yeah. At all. This is for it, people who want to like re-experience it or experience it for the first time. It does look better than the screenshots that I've seen on NeoGAF and everything looked. Um, I think yeah. it looks a lot cleaner than any screenshots I saw. It, it is really good. I, I'm floored by how good it was. I mean, it's not PS3 quality, but I'm floored right. at how good it looks. Very cool. Yeah. All right. You get to talk for a while. Trine. Woo. I haven't even tried this. Trine. It, uh, yeah, it came out a few weeks ago and never got around to reviewing it yet, but finally, here we are. Uh, Trine. It's a PSN downloadable title, 20 bucks, which a lot of people thought seemed a little steep. Uh, the general gist of the game is that it's kind of an action platformer puzzle game. You've got three characters a knight a mage and a thief the the story is that they enter this like ancient castle and touch the trine which basically combines their souls or something or binds (laughs) them together trine (laughs) touch the demon inside me um (laughs) so the whole thing is now you can switch when you're playing single player you can switch between all three characters and they have different abilities like the knight can obviously attack with a sword and he can block with his shield the thief has a bow and arrow that you can shoot in like any direction and a grappling hook to get you higher places. And the mage has like a, I don't even like a telekinetic hand where you can like grab stuff and move it, or you can like draw a box with the analog stick and it'll bring this like clockwork box, which basically lets you create platforms or crush stuff like wherever you want. So the game is basically like puzzle game in that, there's like specific obstacles in the levels, like getting across pits or, you know, getting past enemies and stuff like that. So you have to use the best of your character's abilities to get by these things. And the really nice thing about it is that there isn't just one way most of the time. You can use like any of the character's abilities to get past it. You can swing past it with the thief, or you can like create boxes with the mage to get past it, or you charge through with the knight. Uh, so it works really well. Um, there are enemies in it. I think my biggest gripe about the game is that the enemies are incredibly repetitive because you're basically fighting skeletons through the whole thing. And there's only like a couple different bosses that they recycle through the whole game. Uh. Um, 
So it gets, you know, that gets a little old. And the knight is the only one that really can fight melee. And what you do is, like, the, the right analog stick controls its shield. So you can, can, you have to, like, tell it which way to block. Which most of the time is fine when you're fighting, like, one enemy in front of you. But a lot of times you get surrounded by things. So you have to let, be creative in how you fight. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the thief's bow and arrow can take stuff out, too. But you're kind of, like, screwed if you get stuck next to a skeleton or something like that. Um, but that, that's kind of how the whole game goes, really. It, it kind of reminds me of like, do you remember that game, The Lost Vikings? Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like that. Yeah. Like where it's not quite as blatant a puzzle game, but it has that vibe to me where you've got, you know, these specific characters with different abilities that go through. Right. And you find these green jars as you go through the game. They're hidden, or you kill enemies to get them. And that's your experience points. And then you level up every once in a while when your characters gain abilities. You can find hidden items for them that will do stuff like, you know, reduce your damage and whatever. And characters can get killed, so you can get screwed and, you know, your knight dies fighting something. So then you have to be really creative and get through it with just, you know, the other two. But then the next time you get to a checkpoint, that character will come back to life with like a fraction of their hit points. So, you know, it's good. Like, graphically, it actually looks amazing. They did an incredible job with the graphics in this. It's all physics-based, too. So, stuff... I I, kind of like... I really like physics-based games like this, where stuff falls all goofy, and, you know, everything reacts to everything else. And it's especially fun using the mage when you're, like, drawing boxes to weigh things down, or, like, dragging certain things around the screen. It's just a lot of fun. It's also really, really challenging. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot harder than I expected it would be. So that's... Uh, actually, I, I kind of like that. It, it's not a cakewalk by any means. And uh, finally, there is a local co-op mode where you can play up to three people, one controlling each character, which makes it a lot different because instead of just switching on the fly to whichever character you want with the shoulder button, you know, you've okay. got all three people that you need to get through at the same time. So it really changes things up. Um, but all in all, like $20 may seem a little steep for a, a DLC title, but I, I think this game's probably worth it. it. If you're into that kind of thing, there's a demo now, so you can try it out. And if you think it's interesting... I definitely think it's worth the money. If not, then, you know, wait for it to go on sale or whatever. But I really liked it. I, You know, it's not a perfect game by any means. I think it definitely could have used more variety in the enemies. And, you know, after playing it for a long while, I just kind of had to put it down, and I'll go back to it later. But I think I'd probably give it a B overall. Okay. So still worth getting, even for 20 bucks, and, uh... Yeah. Okay. That's cool. It's it's very unique. I think that's what I like most about it. There isn't a whole lot out there that's like it. Huh. Yeah, I still got to play it. I that's on my that's on my backlog too. It's like Comic yeah. Crash and I I've only actually played Military Madness once, which is a shame because I used to love that game on Turbo Graphics, so. Yeah, yeah. I barely touch that one either. <sighs> but you know, I think my least favorite thing about trying is probably the name. Cuz like it's a weird name and it doesn't really say anything. I mean, you right. get like the sense of three out of it, which makes sense. But I don't know. I'm I I I just don't think it's a good name because you see the name and you're kind of like, huh? And maybe maybe that's what they're going for. Like, well, I'll be curious and check this out. But uh, there's so many games out there. I think like a more obvious name actually would have benefited it in this case, especially with the price they're going for. Right. Hmm. All right. 
Well, on to the last review. And uh, I've tried to play the hell out of this game, and I, I still don't think I've played it enough to do a lot of justice. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> Little Big Planet for the PSP. Um, you know, Little Big Planet is is a pretty big game on the PS3, and uh, you and I kind of happened upon it when we were upstairs at the Sony uh, booth at, at E3, and and got to take a pretty good look at it. And we talked. I think he was the lead designer there, and uh, we talked to him for quite a while, and he gave us some info on it. And the way it looked at, at E3, we were actually kind of surprised at how good it seemed to look already, and how how good it played. But um, it was obviously not finished. So this just shows up out of nowhere a couple weeks ago and started playing it. And the first thing that, that hit me was it is quite literally a miniature version of the PS3 game. Uh, you still have Stephen Fry doing the voiceover uh, at the beginning. You still have to go through the tutorials, albeit a completely different tutorial than the one on the PS3 version. But my God, the graphics, especially the backgrounds, are so such a damn good representation of what you saw on the PS3 that it blows my mind at how good it looks. Where you really see a degradation uh, is when like you're standing in front of the uh, the scoreboard at the end of a level and Sackboy's just standing there. That's where you kind of see a little bit lower resolution on, on Sackboy himself, that kind of thing. But the visuals are just awesome. Uh, it hmm. plays really well. Uh, it plays really well, with the, plays really well with the analog nub. Uh, you can still grab things with R1. <clears throat> the one thing that it seems like you can't do anymore is stand still and you know put your arms up and that kind of thing. It looks like you're losing some of that because you don't have all the shoulder buttons and the second analog, that right. kind of thing on the PSP. Um, so I'm playing through the story mode, and the story mode's really well done. The levels are great. They're huge. A lot of stuff to interact with. The same sound effects. The same... Uh, it's, it's the same everything. It's Little Big Planet. I messed around a little bit with the level creation. I don't think it's as good as the PS, PS3 version, of course. It was a little clunky. Uh, I, I think that's inherently just because of the limited control you have on the PSP, but it is there. Uh, you can still share your your levels. I, I don't know if you can upload them to a server if you have to trade them with your friends or whatever, but uh, it is possible, and, and it's really surprising at how they've shrunk this game down. It's It's truly amazing in my opinion but huh. i mean there's not a lot to say it's little big planet you know it, you know little big planet and it's essentially it's the same game on the psp even more than i expected i mean it doesn't have all of the physics that the ps3 version have but damn it's a good representation of it i mean you still can yeah. move you know these sponge things around and you still have to really think about what you're doing in these levels and the levels are humongous right away in the story mode I mean, they're long. So, hmm. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's Little Big Planet, it's PSP, and I'll tell you what, it is an A, and I hate to say it like candy again, but it is an A. <laughs> it's, it's better than I ever expected Little Big Planet to, to be converted to the PSP. Yeah, I don't know why, and this really doesn't make much sense, but I'm more eager to play it on PSP than I was on PS3. Because it, it's inherently, it's one of those things where you can play a level while you're on the road, yeah. And turn it off. You know, you don't have to sit and load it up on your PS3 and get going. You throw it in, you start it up, and boom, you're going. So I don't, mm. I, yeah, I don't know. And and they're having problems getting it up on the PSN store right now, but I'm sure by the time the show is out, it'll be up. But yeah, I, I hope so. I have the UMD version I'm playing off of, and and it, I, I seriously, I, I, well, I was playing at the end of Extra Life, and I was shocked at how 
they translated all this stuff, and it wasn't even Media Molecule that did the game. It was like Studio, what was the, not Studio Liverpool. I don't know one of the other studios there. But it's such a good translation. It, it's amazing how good of a translation it is. Better than Motorstorm as a translation. Better than Gran Turismo as a, as a translation. Wow. It's that accurate. Yeah, it's just, it's really good. So, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I, I'm very impressed. Nice. I can't wait to try. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Well, with the interviews and everything, I think we're going to be uh, over our two-hour mark once again. Woohoo! <laughs> so, yeah, no emails or voicemails this week. Uh, although I think we got an email we might want to read real quick. Nah. There we go. Uh, let me see here. Oh, this is actually kind of funny. I'll just read this one. It just came in. Uh, this is from JG92. <laughs> Hey guys, this is mainly for Torgo. Ever since I started listening to the show back in episode 60-something, I always say trophy yo every time I get one. I say it so much that my eight-year-old cousin always says trophy ho in her high-pitched voice. (laughs) I am a trophy ho, but my friend came up with something else which I think is much sadder than trophy hoeing. He is obsessed with his kill-to-death ratio in Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer. It's gotten to the point where he works out in his head what ratio he got on each match, and if it's good, he shouts into his headset, Ratio, yo! I oh think it's God. sad, but he thinks I'm sad. Yeah, he thinks, but he thinks I'm sad for getting trophies. Please settle this argument for us. Thanks, love the show. Please don't, or P.S., please don't say that we are both sad. This gets us nowhere, and we need, some, we need to get somewhere. So what's more, <laughs> what's more sad, yelling out Ratio, yo, or Trophy, yo? I'm going to say Ratio, yo, is sadder only because... Trophio has been around longer, and we didn't even start that. It was started by Hilton at Drunken Gamers Radio. Yeah, that that all goes to Hilton. It's funny, too, because I actually kind of obsess over my kill-to-death ratio every now and then. <laughs> but I would never a millionaires yell out ratio, yo, because it doesn't even sound right. So we're both going to go with Trophio! There we go. All right. We win. <laughs> All right. So Who, next whoever week, wins, we lose. I don't know. Yeah, whoever <laughs> wins, everyone else is lost. Trust us. Uh, so next week, uh, I don't know. What are you going to be talking about next week? You gave me like three or four things. Oh, my God. Um, let me think now. I've got Lego Rock Band. We may not Ooh. actually talk about that one until after Thanksgiving, though, because we have plans to play some of that. Uh, oh. We're going to review Military Madness. We're going to review yes. Comet Crash. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we got a surprise today from Codemasters F1 2009 for PSP. <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk about that next week. We'll talk about the week after. No, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that one later. What else? Oh, we got a review code for Creature Defense on PSP from Hudson. Ah. So I'm going to try to get some. I actually cool. was looking forward to that one because that was originally an iPhone game. And yes, it's Tower Defense, but I thought it looked cool because it combines like uh ccg card game with uh tower defense oh god so oh god yeah i'm I'm looking forward to that um <laughs> crap i don't know i'm probably gonna talk about some other stuff we gotta see how much i can get done this weekend unfortunately i'm fucking busy this week and yeah the holidays are coming to, up i have a land party all weekend and yeah yeah i actually have to go into work this weekend so i don't know how much game time i'm gonna have well it's not like mark and i have ever had a problem finding stuff to talk about for over two hours <laughs> that's true i can um, do a further analysis of fantasy star zero versus fantasy star universe there you go well, i'll be reviewing um 
Oh man, Mike's gonna be mad. I'm gonna be reviewing uh, Pinball Hall of Fame Williams collection because I'm probably gonna be obsessing over that for a few days. Yeah, I've already started obsessing. I'm like, oh, is the ball right? Oh, let me try this. And <laughs> I wish I had a pinball machine around here because I'm just all obsessive about it. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. Oh. I'll probably be talking a little bit more about the Netflix stuff. Speaking of balls, Peggle comes out this week, so I'm probably gonna pick that up. And and Peggle Knights. I know. I never did pick up Nerds. Peggle Knights, so I'll triple dip on Peggle and I'll pick up Peggle Knights for the first time. Oh God. Oh God. You well, look fun. for all of our Facebook updates from the PS3. Uh, I'm going to be pretty much updating everything. Every little thing I do, even if I poop, I'm going to find a way to get the PS3 to put that on Facebook. Way too much information. <laughs> Poopies, yo! <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, I have a feeling we have a few more listeners for this show. I don't know if they got all the way to the end or not, but uh, if you did, we always put a little comedy clip at the end of the show, so don't go away once we're done. Our thanks to Stuart for coming on the show and, and staying up until 1 in the morning to talk Gravity Crash with us and to give us some release information and also eh, a little info on the PSP version. Uh, and our thanks to Turtle Beach and to Triton for sending out uh, review units of your headsets. And our thanks to, to Zaku and the folks over at Hudson for uh, getting this Military Madness contest set up and also for the big gaming event on uh, on Friday. And mm-hmm. wow, just yeah, the, the, this is the mega show. This is the night of a hundred stars here. So, uh, so have a good weekend and get out there. Well, Mark, you got anything else? No, I do not. All right, we'll get out there and play some games. We'll talk to you next week. We'll do. I have a lot of nerd rage. I have a, a lot of anger still inside me. Like I'm 38 and I fucking hate jocks. Uh, still, I don't even know any jocks, and I just fucking. Urgh! And uh, so this happened uh, a couple years back. I uh, had a go into work one morning and uh, pull into work, and there's no place to park. So uh, I'm going to parallel park, and uh, there's a kid's mattress laying in the street. And I'm a lazy asshole, so I didn't even get out and move it. I just fucking parked right on the mattress. <laughs> I just went, er, er, eat. Parked, went into work. I come out at like eight hours later. I'm in a shitty mood for some reason, and uh, I'm driving around the corner. And uh, I drive by this gym every day. And so uh, I drive by there, and uh, these two jocks are coming out of the gym, and they look at me, and, uh, you know, it's that old, that old thing of one guy looks at the other guy and goes, get a load of this guy, and look at the nerd, and pushes on him. And I just fucking flipped out. I just lost my shit. Like, nerd rage came flashing back. And I just looked at him and went, fuck you! What the fuck are you looking at? You fucking jock dicks! I fucking hate you! Because I wear glasses? I have a fucking vision problem! Eat a dick! I... Fuck you! Just losing my shit. The windows were up, but... Uh, they could tell I was pissed. So I'm all red-faced and both birds flying. So they, this is a true story, so they see this, and they're both like, what the fuck? They backed up off the curb. And uh, I drive another block, uh, and there's this construction site there. And uh, I see these guys, and the construction workers standing out front doing nothing. Weird. And uh, the one guy looks at his buddy, and then looks at me and goes, hey. And I just go, oh, bring it on! You guys used to be jocks, and now you have to build stuff because you couldn't do anything else. Fuck you! 
And then I click and realize, and I pull over, and sure enough, the mattress is stuffed underneath my car. I'm fucking torn to shit. And I had the wood bottom, so the part of the frame, and so seriously, no lie, a four-block trail of splinters behind my car. I swear to God, and one of the construction workers, totally cool guy, helps me pull it out from underneath my car, and I just felt like such a douche. It made me think that maybe I'm not a nerd. Maybe I've just been dragging a mattress my whole life. (laughs) Nah, you're right. I'm a nerd. Uh, 